Hey nerds! My name is Hitzer. I'm Hadi. And we're also joined by... Aisa. That's Aisa Fung. You may know him as Blankverse. We are actually in front of a live audience today of one. Yeah. Uh, our friend Adil Rashid Adil is Rashid. in the room. He, oh, oh, oh. he may chime in, but yeah. we're not sure whether he will. He's on uh, yeah. hype man duty. Yeah, maybe at the end we'll plug his show, but we'll see. <laughs> uh, anyways, this is a new podcast called Genre Equality yep. Where we'll be talking about um, the geekier side of pop culture mm-hmm. Anything from horror and fantasy Sci-fi To sci-fi and superheroes And, you know, everything in between We'll be covering mm-hmm. mediums, you know, like books, comic books, TV, film Anything uh, that catches our interest Basically, yeah. uh, and this will be a monthly thing mm-hmm. um, For those of you who don't know, I think myself and Hadi do another podcast um, About wrestling, which yeah. is kind of genre It's genre-ish Yeah, it's, mm. it's kind of theater-ish um, so that that is a weekly podcast, but this will be a monthly podcast. Yep. So look for us on the first of every month. Yeah, so this will be debuting on the first, right? If you're listening to this, it'll be the first of January. Oh my god, keep up KFIP. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah. No, never mind. <laughs> keep up KFIP, yeah, you're right. Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Yay! <laughs> so we thought we'll we'll kick off the very first podcast of uh genre equality by looking back on the year that was, twenty seventeen. Oh, um, that's a lot. That's a lot, yeah. So we've collectively picked out 20 great moments of genre television and film. Mm-hmm. Um, we won't just be talking about genre television and film, of course, yep. going forward. But we think that like to I mean, cover just... one entire year, we've got to narrow it down a bit. Yeah. And film and TV is kind of the major things that people... So these are like the 20 that we most stuck out to us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this isn't like the 20 best shows. Yeah. This isn't like the 20 best movies. We've, nope. We figure that like by talking about moments, it can kind of better encapsulate... Uh, what the product is Yeah know? Exactly yeah. Um, So I guess we'll Kind of We'll kick it off By something that every With something that everyone knows What? Uh, Game of Thrones Oh Game of Thrones Yeah um, The second most polarizing thing Of 2017 Besides The Last Jedi Was whether Game of Thrones season Was good or not Whether it was logical or not mm. <laughs> A lot of the time uh, The time jumps So here and there Was confusing for some uh, We could get into that But that's a longer conversation mm-hmm. But what everybody can agree Is that The, the loot train sequence Ooh. The battle Ooh. Where Daenerys Drogon And the Dothraki Attack the Lannister army Yep In a field Do not face the Dothraki In an open field <laughs> You know it better than that peace. You know better than that, Lannisters. Yeah, I mean, this is like uh, Robert Baratheon's worst nightmare come true. Exactly. Um, I think nobody can dispute that this sequence was thrilling. It it's was. absolutely thrilling. It's, it's, it's kind of like the combination of what we've been waiting seven years to yeah. watch. Mm. To see dragons yeah. burn people. Fucking like Daenerys crossing that sea, finally. And then... Thank God that was one episode. Yeah, and then like, kind of kind of being like hampered by Tyrion a little bit like don't attack people don't attack people but we want bloodshed it's war exactly and this 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 uh, episode title is appropriately titled The Spouse of War it's uh, mm-hmm. season 7 episode 4 uh, and the scene that we're talking about is the loot train battle scene uh, y- right? if you've seen Game of Thrones you know what you're talking about yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so kick us off uh, Isa what do you think about the scene mm. uh, I think the moral of the story is if you have a dragon you should use it yes that's true right. and we, we go back and forth for like the majority of the season and Tyrion's just like we are better than that. Of course you're better than that, Daenerys. You've got fucking dragons. I know where he's coming from, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, like, we can go across, like, the en- entire, like, moral high ground that he's trying to push, right? Mm. Is, is she any better if she stoops to yeah. what everyone else is doing? You, you wouldn't be breaking the wheel. You'd just be another yeah. spoke on it, right? It's yeah. what John's speech to him, to her yeah. was. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I think um, the loot, uh, the loot train sequence... Mm. 
definitely huge payoff for the fans. Yeah. Yep. Definitely, uh, or at least at that, uh, up to that point, you think that it's a very uh, important strategic move. Yep. Yeah. Uh, on the side of, of, of you know, the Mother of Dragons. It's worthy of any uh, episode 9, uh, you know, I mean. Yeah, exactly. Battles, yeah. Right. Um, but I, I think, like, uh, as far as the season goes, that was actually one, uh, as important as that was, right? Mm. That only kind of, like, set the benchmark for where they wanted to take the, the entire season, like, after that. Correct, the next yeah. episode. Um, varying opinions uh, differ as to whether they succeeded or failed in that. Mm, exactly. um, overwhelmingly, most people felt that it kind of fell short a bit. Yes. Not to say that Game of Thrones isn't good, mm-hmm. because you've got to think about Game of Thrones at its worst. Um, and say what you will, maybe season 1 was slightly worse than this. Yeah. Uh, but Game of Thrones at its worst is still like a million times better than every other TV show out there. So it's fucking nuts to think that this is them at their worst and people are yeah. complaining. Yeah. Have you seen Lost? You see how it, you know how I mean, illogical some shows can be? Remember the payoff for Lost? There was no payoff. Alright, okay. This is kind of a side note, but I was, I've been rewatching Lost lately, right? Yeah. And upon second viewing, it kind of makes sense. Really? It, okay, but yeah, it, yeah, it really does. Look, okay. well, this is a different conversation. Everything, yeah, yeah I, I know what you mean. Yeah, but the payoff wasn't great. No, it wasn't. It was it was anticlimactic, but it made sense. It made sense because like, why the polar bears there? Because easy to experiment on. Yeah. Why the why is there food supplies? Oh, because it came. No, from... No, but the whole purgatory thing was something I was kind of uh, confused by initially. Yeah, but that, uh, it's actually yeah. all clearly explained. It's yeah. just that it was like, huh, that's yeah. all. But Game of Thrones is a more linear show. You see, there yeah, no exactly. there no like you know time travel or smoke monsters. Well. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah, there was a small monster. Small monster. <laughs> yeah. It was a fucking demon, motherfucker. Oh yeah, yeah, there was a small monster, baby. Maybe they exist in the same universe. <laughs> no, let's not go there. Okay, yeah. Um, but to me, why the loot train battle sequence was above and beyond most battle sequences that came before was mm-hmm. that we were invested in both sides. Yeah, and um, so- primarily with the major battles that we've seen, like the Battle of the Bastards, which was the set piece of last year. Yeah. Uh, Home, uh, which was the set piece of season 5. Or the Battle of Blackwater, for example. Season two? two yeah. All these big battles, right? Yeah. We've, we are clearly rooting for one side. Correct. Yeah. I've always been that way. But in this particular occasion, with Bronn, with uh, Jamie, with uh, Tyrion looking at his people being killed, slaughtered mercilessly. So you really didn't know who to spot? Uh, I keep going back and forth. Yeah. Like, when Bronn was about to get killed, I'm like, oh my god, don't die, Bronn. And then Bronn takes out the, the scorpion, and it's like, fuck you, Bronn, die. <laughs> and it's like, oh no, Dra- Drogon, oh no. And then, yeah. and then I was like, yeah, Drogon, fuck you. And it's like, oh, Jamie, don't die. And then Jamie's about to die, and it's like, oh no. And so Bronn, like, so the, yeah, the, the right. roller coaster, yeah, the, the gamut of emotions yeah. of what I've just so, so eloquently summarized yeah. there. Not bad. Yeah. Can tell you're a journalist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, you gotta hit the point forms here. Yeah. Um, um, what, what do you think about this battle? I, 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 I immensely enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, because finally dragons getting to do something. One. One dragon, but the biggest dragon. Yeah. Dragon motherfucker. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> however, in this season. Because last season, the problem was that last season we had, uh, what happened last season? Um, I don't know, Cersei blew up Cersei, the, set, uh, of the, the Bella, set of Bella, right? Battle of the Bastards. That was the Battle of the Bastards, yeah. Also those big set pieces and all that. And I felt that, um, even though it was good to see dragons, that attack, and that attack was significant in the mm. way that it was the first time that Daenerys was, uh, being on the offensive. Yeah. Right? But, the results that she got from that, yeah, wasn't great, lah. Like. Yeah, no, you know? it was. It was technically kind of, it made no sense, like. It was kind of a hollow victory. Yeah, but it was one she needed at that point. But it felt satisfactory. Yeah, it was. It was very satisfactory. Yeah, yeah. For her, lah. Like. 
uh, I think it's just the comment, the waiting of the seven years yeah. to see dragons and Dothraki and Daenerys on land fighting in Westeros. In Westeros, it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. One it of is. the things that okay, so everyone keeps talking about the dragons, and we talk about it for seven fucking seasons, right? Yep. And you would think that they would have a plan mm. other than shooting large spears at them. Yeah. <laughs> right, like there would be a way. There would be there would be yeah. a way for you to like not be in a straight line. <laughs> I, yeah, but I feel that like with the upheaval, political upheaval in Westeros, I think that they just haven't had time to look outward with all the danger inward. Yeah. Uh, that kind of experience where they were so unprepared for an outside ring invasion. Yeah, sure. they've been so focused on the various. I mean, the war of the Vikings kind of stripped everybody of power and. Man, manpower lah. Yeah, they're kind of like was. living for today, and they're not thinking about tomorrow mm. because you know you gotta survive today. If not, you get killed at the wedding. You know? Were there any other parts of Game of Thrones that was significant apart from the loot train battle? Um, there were, right? There were this year. Uh, I'm assuming the battle north of the wall was mm. significant, although that uh, presents a lot of um, divisiveness in fandom as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. because uh, yeah. But I mean, since this is we're talking about genre television's greatest moments or most thrilling, mm-hmm. we'll, 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 we'll just leave it at the loot train yeah. battle. Loot train okay. battle. The Luch- season high point. Loot train battle for me, like the most important, as thrilling as the fight was. Yeah. Right? As thrilling as the fight was, as uh, as much of a payoff it was for all the fans who've been waiting, you know, to see people burn in Dragonfire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think like the combination of that moment is whether is is when Daenerys decides whether or not to. Um, Set uh, father and son on fire. Ooh. That's the next episode, though. Yeah, yeah. but like, I mean, it like, did set up that. Like, yeah, yeah, it set yeah. that up in such a nice way. It did because it did. at the end of the day, everything that Tyrion talks about doesn't get shown in in the Luke. I mean, battle. that was it her. It gets shown in her decision. Yeah, yeah. You know whether or not to spare the son. Yeah, and I mean that showed her Targaryen side, like. I I was of the opinion that she was totally justified in doing that. Yeah, and I was I was on I mean, her side. She did it. say. I mean, she did give them a chance. Yeah, join me or die. Yeah. Yeah. She yeah. didn't, they didn't join her. I mean, sure, she took the punisher <laughs> approach to it, but, you know. Sometimes need to be merciless, lor. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is war. It, it is. War. Uh, and um, as Jon Snow, you know, uh, eloquently said, like, uh, or as she pointed out to Jon Snow, how many people died in the Battle of the Bastards when you were taking back Winterfell, you know? How is that any different? They, yeah. died, they died in, uh, in war. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, casualties are there. Well, I yeah. agree. So that's our first. That's our first. Uh, we'll be moving on to. Oh, well, we just talked about Punisher. Let's segue into. Yeah, that. let's segue into Punisher. Um, Punisher to me <laughs> has been the best of the Marvel yeah, Netflix uh, shows. For sure. Yeah. Would anyone know? In the Netflix yeah, universe, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this year we had a lot of disappointment. Defenders, I think. Defenders was way. I think was last year, but yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah, but Defenders was really not on par with. What you what was expected? Defenders had its moments. Yeah. Uh, none so great that they will make it on this list. Yeah, but I, it wasn't even close to being the sum of its parts, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, given uh, Daredevil being what it was and Luke Cage being what it was, and you know, of course Jessica, Jessica Jones. Jones. Even Luke Cage fell apart in the second half. Yeah, exactly. Half. Jessica Jones so so did it. Um, and to be fair, Daredevil season two fell apart post Punisher too. Exactly. So, yeah. so I mean, that was one of the curses of Netflix. Uh, the Netflix TV shows. The, the, the second half. Always fails to deliver. Yeah, yeah, but then Defenders had eight episodes and they failed to have the last one that I ever. Yeah. But with Punisher, I I didn't feel. Punisher was how many episodes? Thirteen. Thirteen. Thirteen right? Yeah, but and yeah, and it did not have cool. any drop. Exactly, and like I love the pacing. I love the storytelling of it. I love the way that they bounced between you know Frank's like present day and his past and yep. all of that. Like such a and great his relationships. Use. And his relationships, yeah. exactly. I think like Punisher, hands down. 
uh, as far as uh, Marvel's Netflix franchises go, is one of the best told stories. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. Right? Uh, from best the, fleshed out character. Even, yeah. even the mid-season deviation as you so want to have, yeah. uh, even that was compelling in that it, it deals with the hypocrisy of Frank Castle's uh, vengeance yeah. uh, versus justice, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What's the, the difference between him, him, him and, that bomber. and the bomber? Yeah. Okay, um, I so want... Which, which scene are we talking about? Well, we'll get to that. But I wanted to pause for a bit because, like, um, if you're listening this far on, right, and you haven't figured it out, right, this whole conversation is spoiler-heavy as fuck, uh. <laughs> yeah. Like, we are, de- we, are dealing, yeah. we are dealing with, like, super key moments in big shows. Also, the statute of limitations for spoilers has already passed. Ha- has passed. Yeah. But, but I would just like to warn you, if you're upset by now, right, do not keep listening because it is spoiler-heavy. Yeah. But yeah, we'll be talking about episode 3, uh, an episode called Kandahar, where Frank Castle just ah, loses it oh, right. uh, yes. in Afghanistan. That was a and, cool And um, the sequence shot to an anti-war song yeah. um, it, it deals with how he got his PTSD mm-hmm. what you're forced to do in war and yep. the consequences of that when you get back home yeah. uh, it was just very raw and visceral it felt Rambo like it felt Rambo but like it, it told the line between realism and also the fact that Frank Castle is a comic book super guy yeah. yeah I mean he has no superpowers but he is the Frank Punisher yeah. uh, so I believe in that Jack Bowerness of it but at the mm-hmm. same time it felt you felt the, the weight of it on him yeah. Like with the blood splattered on his face and yeah. him just going nuts um like hitting the rock on that um on that, on that face. Um so called Insurgent. Yeah, we're not even sure whether they're really yeah, terrorists because know. he was given like uh Very weird, vague orders. Vague orders, right? Just kill those people. Yeah, yeah. So I mean it deals with that as well. So yeah. that I, that to me is what makes the punisher like a top notch sure. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Mm. Uh, but that scene was fantastic though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah fantastic chore- uh, choreography, yeah. the, the way it was shot. It almost felt like it was a single shot, but I'm not sure whether it was single no, yeah. I mean there are definitely cuts like, because the explosions all can yeah. mask the, correct, the correct, single correct. The, can mask yeah. the, the, the movement. But it gave the, the motion of like a single tracking yes, shot, exactly. which I which I appreciate. I really that. appreciate that. Yes. Yeah, I I really like that a lot. Um, I guess we'll move on from the Punisher to uh, let's talk about another Marvel show. Yes, why not? Uh, the best Marvel show on TV, bar none, and I'm including on, on network television. I'm even including the Punisher in this. Ah, yeah, Agents of Shield. It, it's Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Huh. You may be confused because season 1 was such utter bullshit. And if you're fallen off the, the, the train... You need to get, get back, back on. Get back on. on. Get, get back, back on. on now. Get back on. Yeah. Right. This, this is more exciting train than the loot train. This if is... you decide to watch Inhumans instead of this, you're a dumbass. Let's, let's not talk about Inhumans. <laughs> yeah. Let's not talk about Inhumans. That's another you list. fucking shave Medusa. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't make sense. So Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, has quietly grown into one of the best superhero shows on mm-hmm. television if not the best superhero show on television yes, yeah. and Agreed. it's such a perplexing thing to say uh, yeah. because of how it started and where it's come Yep. Uh, and I would consider it better than Punisher just because the Punisher hasn't kept that up for 2, 3, 4, 5 seasons yeah. Mm. Yeah. because I feel like season 1 episode 16 onwards straight fire Mm. I mean, it's just grown from strength to strength, lah. Yeah. yeah, and uh, we're this particular scene that we're going to be talking about is uh, when Fitz gets out of the framework, yeah. and uh, he breaks up with uh, Ida, Ida, His, um, Ida, girlfriend slash Ophelia, His who was a Madam Hydra in the framework. Uh, LMD first. Um, started as LMD. Yeah. Um, this particular actress, Mallory Jensen, she played almost four <coughs> distinct characters. Yeah. In the real version of her. Uh, the LMD version of her, which was Ada, Madam Hydra. Madam Hydra. And then when she came out of the framework, she she became a real human. Flesh and blood, she got emotions. Yeah. So you saw her process of that episode of you know, doing good things, like exhibiting kindness yeah. and what it feels to exhibit kindness. Yeah. Yeah. And then she feels heartbreak and jealousy for the first time and she freaks the fuck out. Because it hurts as 
It hurts really badly lah. It's like he wanted love This is what love is <laughs> lo- Love is pain <laughs> <laughs> And the way she freaks out Is just like Marvellous acting yeah, like, And Fitz's reaction Is also pretty good Because yeah. I think Fitz Killed it last season Especially when he was In the framework yeah. as well yeah. And then coming out of it Dealing, it, dealing with it he's, he, I think he's gonna Be a bit darker In season 5 When yeah. he gets back Into space yeah. Yeah. When. Yeah. When. 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 Well, when. we already saw in the last episode, like <coughs> yeah. you know, he showed up. But you know, we'll we'll see how. We'll figure. Yeah, we'll get we'll get more info next week. Yeah. Mm. Uh, did you like the whole um Ada thing in season four? Yeah, it was brilliant. Yeah. I mean, it was, Yeah. I think in general, I really really like the whole framework thing because it flips so many things on its head. Mm-hmm. Except. Mm-hmm. Well, everything except Grant, maybe. Grant is still the major. Right, which I re- I really love, and I think like Daisy had that one like meta awareness moment where she's just like, oh my god, like he's still the same character. Yep, yep. Uh, but yeah, um, wow, like I can't. I mean, like four characters isn't Tatiana Maslany level. <laughs> no, it's not. It's, it's not, not. But still, like you On, know, even James McAvoy in Split. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, and she's she's only been uh around this season right yeah. and that that, that kind Last of season. growth yeah right and they they keep they keep bringing in more and more of her characters mm. i really like her as madam hydra i think like mm. um when i when i think about what madam hydra should be like that really really felt that should be right. like yeah. yeah yeah you're right I you agree. know but and then the switch from that back to her coming back out and being and um, becoming flesh and blood yeah. and having uh, her feeling new emotions. feeling her emotions and having powers to go with that yeah she right? had all the inhuman powers, powers which is insane yeah yeah. Um, I like that they introduced um, uh, Modok as well mm. she's got the Russian guy I, he hasn't been explored yet but yeah. I'm, I'm sure he's coming back interesting though yeah because this Modok is very different from the comics Modok uh, yeah but yeah. I mean but you I know, mean I don't mind liberties liberties yeah, yeah. Um, why I like this season and why Madam well, Hydra. um, last season. Last season, yeah. Uh, well, f- remember we f- we started the season off that last season with the Ghost Rider up, right? Yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And oh, we- that was a brilliant segue right? from Ghost Rider into the framework. Exactly. Yeah. So Ghost Rider introduced you to a uh, Ghost Rider first and to Dark Hole. To the Dark and Hole. And the Dark Hole is how the framework happened. And then the, the interaction between the Dark Hole and LMD, the LMD, I mean, uh, Ada using the Dark Hole and Correct. the consequences of that, yeah. leading to the framework. Like, oh, it was such a brilliantly crafted. Yeah, story like. mm-hmm. and and like I mean I'm I'm a huge fan of the CW DC shows. Um, yeah, but I don't think they've ever reached the level that Marvel's Agents of Shield has. No. Maybe occasionally once or twice. Yeah, but per not season. a whole fucking season. But Agents of Shield at this moment right has been able to do it like consistently twenty two episodes you know in a exactly. row. Yeah. Last season was fire primarily because of their new three arc structure mm-hmm. where they I'm they break up loving. they break it up into um three eight episode kind of mini seasons yeah. which. Which means you never have the loud that a Netflix show does. Yeah, exactly. It's always like fast paced, boom, 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 full story, full developments, move on to the next one. Yeah, and you, uh, nev- you never know when it's going to get cancelled. So yeah, that's why they're doing it. exactly. I have to admit, like I, I was very skeptical about the whole LMD thing because in it's been abused so much to so much in in comic in comic book canon, right? Yeah, and I did like the restraint that they showed mm. with that. Uh, and of course, again, brilliant segue into the framework. Yeah, you know, and I, I love like just how they um, picked their stories very very well and make sure that they fit together in something that's coherent. Yeah, you know, for the audience. And you would think like most times, if you have that many arcs, right, in a in a, in a given season, the audience is gonna get lost. Yes, especially when it's something as genre specific, right, and. Um, uh, which requires you to have some kind of like canonical knowledge to to fully appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they don't. Um, they don't assume that. 
you know uh, and, but at the same time they don't lead you by the hand exactly you know so right now Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. yeah like really really if you aren't watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. you're missing out um, before we move on to the next one I just yeah. have a theory to posit go ahead that uh, you know how Daisy is being blamed for the, the, the Earth ending, ending. Yeah. Yeah. what if it's LMD Daisy who hasn't been caught ooh LMD Daisy ooh. did they lose LMD Daisy LMD Daisy was the one who shot Talbot in the head Right. Oh, shit. Yes. And then leading off that whole sequence of events. Yeah. But that's my theory. But how would she do it? I don't know. Exactly. She yeah. doesn't have her quick powers, right? LMD. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I mean, she is kind of but, working for Modok, who may yeah. have a who nuke may. or whatever. She they are on a nuclear submarine. Yeah. 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 Okay, that makes sense. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. That's just a theory. Because you know, DC is getting blamed for it. Yeah. Um. Speaking of the DC CW shows, we're gonna want something a bit lighter. But yeah, a bit like that. Super Friends. Oh, oh Flash. It has a double meaning. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, like, The Flash. Just rolled my eyes at you, by the way. It has a double meaning, <laughs> Super Friends. <laughs> the power of friendship. <sighs> um, yeah, so, like. First of all, you like musical. Episodes. I love musicals. I'm a musical nerd, and, yeah. like, I am more inclined to like musical than most nerdy men. Who are more of like yeah, Hey let's watch the Punisher Shoot people in the head I like people getting shot in the head too But I like musicals too Me too Yeah Maybe they could shoot people in the head In a musical a, I would watch a Punisher musical Yes I would, I would watch a Punisher musical I, I, keep, I, I keep wanting Arrow to have a musical Because it would be hilarious Yeah Like Oliver yeah. Queen Kind of just reacting to like What the fuck is this yeah. As he's murdering people Yeah Yeah So okay I'm not gonna lie Flash last season Was not good Oh it, it, it was It just wasn't uh, I mean this season Hasn't been that great either Yes uh, Flash has clearly fallen off As the flagship show And mm. right now Weirdly enough Legends of Tomorrow Has become like the top show mm, Yes um, Weirdly enough But the best episode of Flash The last season Was only good Because it was number one A musical yep. And number two It had Supergirl Crossover So basically Supergirl And Barry Allen Flash Are trapped in this musical World, world Because they have to Rediscover love Yep they have a, like a kind of like fifth dimension kind of character, Mitsubishi kind of person. They do. Uh, who is kind of just like has a heavy investment in them to get Good back with the other ones. I know. I don't have to do it backwards. Oh, okay. this, which is how you send me back to my dimension. Oh yeah. I miss it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So this was fun, and but what my there are a lot of great musical sequences, but my oh. favorite was uh, Super the Friends. The dance. Yeah. yeah. The tap dancing and then the Super Friends yeah. friendship, friendship, friendship. I mean. They have the training lah. Both of them from are D. from D. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, and a lot of people yeah. like probably don't know, but most of the cast members on Legends, Arrow, Flash, uh, have been uh, theater trained Broadway yeah. musical. Victor Garber is yeah. a Broadway guy. Exactly. Um, Jesse O'Martin. Um, what what's it? Uh, Flash is that? Flash I forgot his that. name. Uh, West, Mr. West. Detective West. Joe West. Joe West. That's Adil, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. So, yeah, he, he's a musical guy. Okay. Um, the guy that plays uh, Malcolm Mullen, musical guy musical too. Guy. I was very surprised. Theatre guy. Yeah, theatre guy. Uh, I was very surprised by Cisco singing. He was so fu- he was so good. Yeah. I've always caught up guy with that. Yeah, Thank and um, the fifth dimension guy was also a gay guy, right? Yes, yeah. he was. Yeah. He was. yeah. yeah. Uh, so this is just a musical episode I wanted to throw in there because I like musical. Oh, no, it was great. It was great. I really, really enjoyed it. I think, like, given the yeah. context of the Flash season that yeah. it had, right? And of course, Supergirl, Supergirl was, uh, had a great season. Mm-hmm. Right? But, like, Barry in his own show was kind of a downer. Yeah, we, we kind of lost the happy-go-lucky Barry, which is kind of what we fell in love with the Flash for. Mm. But no and choice, because character development. 
he doesn't do brooding half as well as um, Oliver does. Of course, yeah. 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 And I, I don't even think I, I'm not even sure it's it's kind of required, right? No. Because yeah. it went it went dark enough for it to be, uh, like almost the point of no return. It's yeah. so difficult to believe that, and like the whole music the the whole musical episode just kind of like brought it back to where. I honestly think Flash would be... It felt like season 1 Flash again, eh? but yeah. uh, the sense of fun and freshness which Legend of Tomorrow now brings... The camp. The camp, yeah. yeah. Um, Flash is trying to rediscover that, but I think it's a bit too late. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I think they went tad too far with yeah. the character development. It's okay, I think we can we can, we can rein it back in. We can rein it back in. I mean, I hope. I'm, I'm, a, I'm still a big fan of the Flash. I mean, he's all married and shit now. Yeah. Yeah. I like also that like in Crisis on Infinite Earths they brought back Running Home to You. They did. Yeah. Kara sang it now on the yeah. aisle. Yeah. Different yeah. woman, not part of this list, but I'm just gonna yeah. throw yeah. that yeah. out yeah. there. Yeah. And um I do would like to say though, like what made this episode so jarring to a lot of CWDC fans mm-hmm. and what made it so polarizing mm-hmm. because not everyone's a musical junkie, you know. Yeah. I, I get that if you hate the musical episode it's fine. It also aired on the same week of an arrow episode called Capishun. Ah, which was like the most brutal Arrow episode I've ever seen and it like it gave the Punisher a run for his money. Like. Yeah, it, it never um, visually showed the gore yeah. but the implied violence was quite extreme. Like. The Punisher never skinned a person alive and uh, like Oliver Queen did that. And this was the same same week, the day after the musical episode. You know? yeah. So you're like, ooh, we'll turn away Flash. <laughs> but it's okay, different shows. Yeah, uh, and the moment after the pick up from that was when Prometheus finally breaks Oliver breaks Queen Oliver. and then yeah. like he, he, he gets Oliver Queen to um, realize that like I enjoy killing. Yeah. I do it because I like it, yeah. not because of some like sense of justice. You that, know, that whole sense of justice was just a fucking charade. It was just like it was, was kind of lying to himself. A veneer to like yeah. yeah make himself feel better. Yeah, and that um that that to me is why Arrow is still the most compelling superhero on the Arrowverse. True. Well, uh, since we're I talking mean, about that, let's talk about Prometheus as a villain, right? Fantastic. Yeah, he revived the show single-handedly. Exactly, yeah. and I think that's something that I think well, we've had conversations about this before about yeah, how did. you know the falls are so important. To the superhero genre, mm-hmm. and like uh, one of the one of the big reasons I think that Arrow didn't do as uh, not Arrow Flash didn't do as well is because it had a very strange kind of um, exaggerated villain. Is it? Well, no. This time round, it was um, Sabata, right? Sabata. Right? Yeah, yeah. Their third speedster villain in a row, also. Yeah. Then, oh, yeah, exactly. And you know, it, it got tired after a while. But that was a very poorly fleshed out villain. You barely saw any of him. Yeah. As you were supposed to, and as opposed to that, it just shows that for superhero flicks, mm. right? Sometimes what you just really need is a compelling great villain. villain. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's yeah. it's it's two halves, like You always need a compelling villain. Mm. Yeah. You you definitely do. Uh, Marvel in the cinematic universe has kind of proven otherwise, but it will always be elevated by a compelling villain. It always will be. Loki. Yeah. Kingpin. 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 Yeah, yeah. Grand Ward. Grand Ward. Yes. Grand Ward is form. Yeah, Grunwald as as Grunwald, Grunwald as Hive. Uh, even Grunwald in the framework was a good guy. I mean, all compelling. Uh, and I think Arrow, before this, two seasons of just utter drudgery. Mm-hmm. A lot of people kind of gave up on the show. Mm-hmm. I very nearly did until, until Prometheus showed up. Yeah. And then, so this this is what is keeping my hope for the Flash alive. Okay. Yeah. Like, hey, they can turn it around. If the Arrow can turn it around after two seasons of just like, Rubbish, right? Why not the Flash? <laughs> Why not the Flash? And the Flash has only been one season of rubbish. Yeah. yeah. So you know, still can catch up. This season is a lot better than last season. Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. But it's a very low bar. Yeah. yeah, I know, I know. It's like when The Force Awakens came out and people said, oh, it's the best thing since Empire Strikes Back. It's a really low bar. Return of the Jedi and the three prequels, come on. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. I don't know if you want to get into the whole Star Wars thing. Never mind. Never mind. Let, let's run through the DCCW stuff. Uh. Okay. Uh, we'll get out of the way. Uh, Legends of Tomorrow, we've mentioned it a lot. One oh, of the most fun, like? vibrant, campy, uh, witty, meta shows out there right now. And uh, this particular mm-hmm. one was a DC show mm-hmm. doing an episode about Star a Wars. Disney property. Yeah. <laughs> and since we were on the topic of Star Wars, let's talk about George Lucas being trapped in a trash compactor. So the entire plot of this was George Lucas uh, somebody went back in time, messed things up, and George Lucas never became a director. Yep. And because like of all the nerds on the Wave Rider, they were influenced to be engineers, scientists, scientists superheroes, because of Star Wars. And without Star Wars, they, they, became, stupid. they became stupid, they lost their powers, etc, yeah. etc, or they ceased to exist entirely. It was, yeah. it was weird. The, the influence and impact that George Lucas has. Yeah. But people who know Star Wars in our universe know that it does have that kind of impact. Yeah, it, it it, uh, it's, it's a testament to the power of art. Uh, influencing uh, decisions in your life, lah. Yeah, yeah, and um, and and that was kind of the deeper meaning of this episode, lah. Yeah. But just the idea of that George Lucas got the idea for the trash compactor scene because David Duck put him yeah, there is fucking hilarious, uh. Um, and and also because this he's a Disney guy. Yeah. I mean, I, he's a Disney guy now. Yeah, yeah. He used to be part of Fox, yeah. the New Century Fox, which Disney now owns anyway, so yeah. it doesn't matter. Disney owns everything. Okay. So now the purists or Star Wars purists can watch the original with the Fox logo in the in the, the title sequence. Yeah. Oh yes, that's true. Yeah. And I would just like to point out that the episode of the the episode title is called Raiders of the Lost Art. Oh, which brilliant. is another Spielberg another reference. Spielberg slash Lucas reference. Yeah, they did like another Spielberg reference uh, earlier this year with E.T. with the Dominator. Mm. It's fun. Uh Legends Tomorrow, one one of my favourites of the favorite of the CW shows. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna cap off the CW shows with uh, Supergirl. I know you guys haven't caught up yet. I caught no. up already. Oh, you caught up? Yeah. Okay. Um, Supergirl versus uh, Rain ah, slash yeah. War Killer in the latest episode, the mid-season finale, uh-huh. was I think like the best fight scene that the Arrowverse has ever done. And considering how high the bar has been set on Arrow itself, the fact that Supergirl of all things would yeah. like one up it, and the only reason is one up. Is one up. Is one up. The only reason is one up is because Supergirl is so rarely this brutal. Yeah. They don't do blood. Mm-hmm. They don't do bruises. They don't, they don't make Supergirl Kara look messy. But they, they, they uh, But the way that she was just decimated by rain, mm-hmm. like she, her face was broken, her teeth was broken. She was bleeding everywhere. She looked like it was pain. It was hard to watch her because this is, was basically a woman being battered, but uh, admittedly by another woman. Yeah. But it was it made it very difficult to watch as a as a Supergirl fan and it was so totally different. Drastically different yeah. from what Supergirl has been I up agree. to this point. So the impact that they wanted was there. They did. Yeah, it hurt man. Mm. Yeah. Definitely one of the moments uh, of the year. Uh yeah, yeah. And uh, if you haven't been watching Supergirl, do check it out. Yeah. It's very politically um I wouldn't I won't say subtle, but it's very politically driven. Uh. It's almost heavy handed in its mm. some of it. Some in of its it. um it's in in its I mean I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, don't get me wrong, I wholeheartedly agree with the whole LGBT thing. The yeah, that was a bit illegal on the nose. Uh, yeah, but it, I'm, all, I'm saying, all I'm saying is that you could do it a little more subtly. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's a CW show, man. Yeah, we yeah. We keep forgetting sometimes. We keep forgetting, but because, okay, the thing is that the CW shows can get so good sometimes that you forget that it's it can show. be really bad. <laughs> um, The lows of the CW shows are really low, but yeah. when they're high, they're really high. Mm-hmm. Uh, And I think that's the frustrating part for us as CWDC fans because we know how good they can be but they so rarely are Mm -hmm. but we keep keep sticking around because like once in a while we'll be like ah yes that's why I love you (laughs) you know (laughs) 
Do I sound like a better husband? Okay. Yeah. Alright, alright. Uh, okay. Let's talk about a show that we all watch. Um, the Good Place. Oh, The Good oh. Place. Let me guess. Major spoilers. Major, 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 major spoilers. Stop, you guys not watch The Good Place, please. Turn off. Turn yeah. off. Um, <laughs> so, The Good Place season the finale. Big reveal. That is the bad place all along. Um, uh-huh. uh, Eleanor figures out um, single handedly yeah. that they are in a bad place. Yeah. And. Um, what, throughout watching the season, uh, I was re-watching it with Hadi yeah. and uh, I still watched it too and I'm sure you all had the same observations in the first few episodes. Some of the logic of this world doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't think it was a bad place first. We thought like, hmm, this good place kind of sucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then the plot holes actually became clues. Yeah. Like it, Those plot holes were purposely there. Yeah, and it's not like they retroactively justified it. It was, it was put there on purpose yeah. to make you think, you know. Fucking yeah. Mike Shrek. And of course, the actual hole. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, cool, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, the the good place is just genius. Uh. It's it it's it's a, it's a story about trying to be good and the difference between trying and being good. Uh, it's all about intentions, right? And what the hell is good? Yes, what the hell yeah. is good? Yeah. I mean, it's so subjective, right? Yes. Uh, according to societal norms, etc., etc. Exactly. Uh, and it's also a workplace comedy. We if we it's a mic shift. Thing, so it's gonna be a workplace comedy. Marsha, for those of you who don't know, worked on The Office, uh, founded Parks and Recreation, mm-hmm. co-founded Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, so obviously the king of workplace comedy. Yeah. But this is just the bureaucracy of Satan. Of hell. Of, of hell, hell, yeah. yeah, yeah. Hell. Like, you see them, you see Michael, who's also named after Michael Sher, yeah. uh, working in like, you know, the hell uh, office in his office, cubicle. Yeah. And it really does feel hellish, <laughs> actually. <laughs> you know. That was one of the clues also. Like, the office space that I was in, yeah, it was it like just too, yeah, just too not heaven like. I think one of the really big standout points uh, for the good place for me is like on top of a great story, on top of these great like and the big kind reveal, of, and and the big reveal, mm. and 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 just the great storytelling that they've been doing so far is the fact that they try to weave in all these like uh, moral philosophy kind of leanings. Mm. Still talking about Heidegger, talking about Kant, and so on and so forth. It's name dropping, and they're just like name dropping these yeah. really really big ideas. I mean, it's a good way. It's like a philosophy one one class, you know. Yeah, and it's yeah. great because I, I um they they illustrate those really really big ideas in a very in very very simple ways. But yeah. you know, you need to you need to kind of pay attention, yeah. or it's something that is aha moment like after mm-hmm. you're done watching the episode. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's been. Um, I mean, the reveal. I think I saw it coming a bit earlier than I had wanted to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was a great payoff. Yeah, it was. It was, it was. It was really. It was uh, really I'm very enamored by shows that I was so willing to upend the very premise it's built on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so early on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This feels to me like it's a serious finale mm-hmm. kind of review, mm-hmm. and they did it in the end of the first season, and I'm just blown away by like the creative risk that they take, lah. Yeah. yeah. And um, sometimes you know if you watch Brooklyn Nine Nine, they kind of write themselves to a corner sometimes, mm-hmm. and then yeah. they next season they're like, yeah, we'll figure a way out of this. Yeah. And and I like that, lah. You know, don't, don't waste time uh. don't Pull out the big guns And you'll yeah. figure it out uh. And um, similar to that uh, It's iZombie um, I'm not sure whether like Either of you watch iZombie I'm a big I haven't fan. caught up yet um, I, I, I know that the, the, the world is now Just zombies So yeah So iZombie In it's uh, season 3 finale Looking for Mr. Goodbrain Part 2 mm-hmm. uh, It upends its very premise The entire premise of the show is Live is a zombie Liv must hide being a zombie yeah. from the world. Makes sense. Uh, Liv eats zombie brain. Uh, Liv eat, eat brains because she's a zombie. Yeah. But then she retains the memories, and then because she's a coroner, she helps solve her mur- their murders, etc. Yeah. Procedural, right? All Procedural. the way. 
So season three upends that by like having a fake flu crisis, yeah. and all the vaccinations is the zombie, zombie virus. So Seattle overnight becomes a zombie town. Yeah, everybody's a zombie. Everybody's a zombie, and that radically changes the premise. I don't know where it's gonna go in season um, four. But it's exciting as fuck. But it's exciting as fuck. Um, Rob Thomas, not Matchbox Twenty, Rob Thomas. <laughs> the, <laughs> The creator of, is oh. also named Rob Thomas. Okay. Uh, funnily enough, the season finale of season 2 had the actual um, Rob, not, Thomas. Rob Thomas, Matchbox 20 Rob Thomas, who was eaten by a zombie, oh. which is quite funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Rob Thomas also wrote Veronica Mars, another really good show. Oh, yeah. This show is basically Veronica Mars, but she's a zombie. Mm. Oh, okay, uh, that makes sense. Yeah. A lot of the tonal like, compliments the, with, the, a lot of the tonal... Uh, Things in the, the show does complement Veronica Mars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's the quirky, quippy, noir, yeah. uh, detective driven, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but at the same time, has a larger overarching mystery that is oh, beyond yeah. mini mysteries. So, okay. um, Eye Zombie is uh, I'll catch up, uh. a close undead cousin of Veronica Mars, mm-hmm. and you, you definitely need to catch up. Nice. Uh, Rock Thomas, amazing. Uh, I guess the other Rock Thomas from Manchester 20 also can. La. <laughs> uh, let's, let's talk about what else. What else have we seen this year? Um, what does everyone think of Legion? Well, Love it. it's a noir film. It's a art house film. It's an art house TV series. It is. It's uh, it's so unabashedly art house, isn't right? it? It's yeah. so artful. Um, it plays with things like memory and reality exactly. and chronology. In in what the should, unreliable narrator? Yeah, in what should be confusing to a storyteller yeah. and to a viewer, instead becomes a storytelling flourish. Mm. So good. I mean, um, which is rare for a network show. It's not a network show; it's an FX. For oh, FX, yes. It's a cable show. It's rare for a business. No, no, it's not that rare for. Yeah, all the more for the cable yeah. show. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and what what Legion does so well is that like it kind of, you think you're going into a superhero show, but then you get this weird nope. as art house film, and each of its various eight chapters, six or eight eight chapters, uh, all felt different, and they all all had like kind of different. Um, stylistic flourishes in yeah. each one and they never repeated a trick yeah yeah so it, sometimes they did like black and white um, silent movie or they did a dance sequence, dance sequence. or everything in between la. and but they never repeated a technique they didn't yeah. and, and Noah Hawley um, has shown us some some art house flourishes in his other show Fargo mm-hmm. but never to this extent where it's just like full 60 minutes of just like this is weird but because the guy has a brain condition I mean he has the shadow king in there yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, but I mean the balls to lean into art house, right? Yeah, as 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 a genre piece, is is pretty insane. Yeah, um, and and the, one of the things that we I really wanted to talk about and the standout for episode six, chapter six, yeah. was uh, Aubrey Plaza. Oh, yeah, uh, and a portrayal of the Shadow King slash Lenny Busker slash uh, Shadow King. Yeah, doing this dance number which takes place in a mental oh. hospital in her head to Nina Simone. It was kind of like an opening sequence to a Double O Seven movie. Yes. Yeah, but. In a more weirder, creepier Very way, kind of. but at the same time, yeah. it turns you on. You know, a bit. I mean, also, always, yeah. Aubrey Plaza, Plaza is hot, is hot <laughs> Yeah, but in I. A weird, quirky way. Speaking yeah. of Aubrey Plaza, right? She's always been known as Aubrey Plaza, right? Yeah. I play Aubrey Plaza in Parks and Recreation, and I play that in every other movie. In movie that. But this yeah. is the first time I've seen her do horror. Like exactly. she was legitimately yes. scary. You know? This was the first time Aubrey Plaza wasn't Aubrey Plaza. Mm-hmm. Look at yeah. all her movies that she's been right. Yeah. It's just a version of Aubrey Plaza. This is Aubrey Plaza and more. Yeah. And, and, and that's what I appreciate. She was only Orbit Plaza when she was a mental patient. Yeah. But everything else was just... What? No, she, she, I mean, for me, she really did make Shadow King scary. Mm. Like, Which is weird, right? To be feared. 
you know, Aubrey Plaza in, 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 in not like a horror kind of way but just like unnerving to, to no end yeah. and I love that it's I, like I love that she got the chance to do that I mean the more straightforward scare was the whoever was in the devil in the yellow eyes fat suit yeah. Yeah. There, there was like a, a visual fright yeah. but what's frightening about um, the Shadow King itself as Aubrey Plaza is that like if she was in your mind I could imagine myself being charmed and wanting to go with mm-hmm. her you know? mm-hmm. like uh, she would take me to the dark side and that's what's like, scary about I, her I wouldn't mind well <laughs> that's why you're like Ray you just went to the dark side you didn't even resist it <laughs> oh my god uh, yeah. Talk about Force the, the Last Jedi Eventually I mean I feel like like 2017 Has just been clouded By Trump And The Last Jedi Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just any, The only thing People are talking about <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. yeah If, if The only I ever feel Will make it more topical If, if like Snoke was Trump oh, And then Ray Was actually harassed by her If Ray was Hillary Clinton Oh my god Let's not go there Wow Where, where have we gone Okay anyway Yeah uh, <laughs> We'll, we'll go on to another... Uh, let's, let's talk about some movies. We haven't talked about movies yet, yeah. right? Yeah. We'll, we'll cover yeah. a couple of movies. Um, something that I thought that was similar in tone to The Punisher was Logan. Logan, yes. Um, um, kind did of you suddenly go R-rated with this? Yeah, kind of about like the world weariness of Logan. Yeah. And um, Okay, for those of you who don't know, Logan is Hugh Jackman's last ever Wolverine s- role. stint as Wolverine. Yeah. And throughout the bad, of which there have been many, and throughout the good... Um, There's a few. Yeah, Hugh Jackman has always displayed this kind of like Caspian commitment to Wolverine. To Wolverine. Yeah. Even in bullshit like X Men Origin. <laughs> yeah. And it's about time Wolverine they, Origin. Uh yeah, yeah, X Men Origins Wolverine, yeah. yeah. Um and it's about time that they rewarded Hugh Jackman's talent with a movie that is worthy of his of, acting chops. Of his acting chops, sir. Yeah. And also a movie worthy of um Wolverine's R rated legacy yeah. in the comic yes. books. Thank you. Like this is Wolverine uncuffed, you know. Yeah. yeah. It's a simple thing. You want to see Punisher shoot people. Yeah. You want to see Wolverine stab people. And we get to see that a lot. And you get to see it step to the hit. Yep. Uh, yeah. Like right, right off the bat. Right off the bat, right. you know. Those, those, those Mexican guys. Those cholos, you know. Uh, trying to like steal his tires. Yeah, yeah. Uh. You even get a flash of boob at one point. It's like, whoa, this is really R-rated. You know? <laughs> yeah. What up, James Angle? Yeah, I think I, I think Jackman, live up to that. Jackman paid his dues, right? Yeah. And at the end yeah. of the day, like he. He's so ingrained in the mind of an entire generation that he is Wolverine. Mm. He said, I want to make one last movie. If you want the money, let me do how I want. Mm. Yeah. You know, and he got away with that. And, um, and we were talking about the tonal elasticity of a superhero genre. Exactly. And everyone yeah. was talking about superhero fatigue, superhero fatigue. But superhero isn't like one thing. Yeah. It can be many things. Mm-hmm. And in this particular instance, it is a western. Yeah. A, a gritty cowboy at the end of his last ride western. Very true grit kind. Very true grit, yeah. Mm. Um, in, um, yeah, you yeah. Could, I could imagine Clint Eastwood directing this exactly. or something. But it was it was James Mangold. Yes, uh, yeah. So yeah, it's tonal elasticity, much in the same way that you know, I thought Ragnarok was a comedy. Mm. This yeah. is a flat out comedy. Uh, so it can be many different things. And I mean, that's the the the, ev- the evolution of the genre itself. Yeah, like we've already seen Iron Man, Iron Man Two. Mm-hmm. We've already seen uh, the various uh, incarnations of Batman. You know, so. I guess it's, it's just a natural evolution to explore things that you won't na- naturally explore. Exactly. So, Thor being a fucking comedy after the first two movies, you yeah. didn't think that that was possible. Mm. It is possible. Yeah. And yeah, um, this uh, Logan, you know, after we have uh, X2, which I think was a good X-Men movie. Sure, yeah. yeah right? I think it was, yeah, one, uh, one the, of the best that Brian Singer ever did. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Um, and the shit like X3 and... You I know. thought First Class was fantastic. Exactly. I thought this is a future pass. Well, Flawed... Uh, it was a good film. 
actually managed to retcon in a film, yeah. uh, which I've yeah, never seen done before. Yeah. I mean, comic book fans are like, oh, okay, we know what retcons are. It happens like All the once time. a year, yeah. basically. Yeah. I've never seen it done in a film franchise yeah. Yeah. where they use time travel yeah. to retcon everything. It's like, fuck you, Brad Ratner. <laughs> you, like... Brilliant man, too. <laughs> You asshole, sexual abuser person. Hey, Get out of here, we'll, we'll remove Brian Singer, so. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, apparently. apparently. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. Shall yeah. we say Yeah, never mind, anyway. Yeah, um, yeah, so Logan, I thought, was a... Wow, well, was such a... I wouldn't say it was a risk. Oh, I thought it was a risk. Yeah. It was, it's, it it was less ambitious. Of, it's less of a risk after Deadpool proved that you can make money with an R-rated. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Again, but the, it was... But it's totally so different from Deadpool. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And you've never seen a Wolverine this... I mean, unless you read the comics, then you know Wolverine can be like this. Yeah, you know? yeah, precisely. So this introduction of this kind of Wolverine, even though it was a bit like sad that it was a totally different world than the, the old man Logan's world. Yeah. The, yeah. the, the Mad Max-esque old man Logan's world. But, well, you want them to get Hawkeye. But yeah, like, exactly. Hulk, so that's why. Yeah, yeah, I guess now Disney can do that, but you yeah, know, whatever. Yeah. But eventually. Um, speaking speaking yeah. of which, right, we're talking about tonal flexibility mm. and like the kind of risk that they took making Logan that way yeah. but now that all of that is coming back into the fold for Disney yeah right uh, where mean, are we going yeah where are we gonna go with that because the shift from what they had with Thor 1 and Thor 2 yeah. to what yep. Taika Waititi did with Ragnarok, Ragnarok yeah. is a very very different kind of direction true uh, or a very different kind of flexibility from, from mm. that uh, as compared to what they did with Wolverine into yeah. Logan but right. um, for all the people who say that like MCU movies are basically just a bunch of heroes fighting the giant swore of garbage in the sky yeah. um, Granted, Suicide Squad was also that yeah. But you know, ma- ma- many superhero movies are just like Oh my god, thing in the, sky, in the sky, we have to stop it yeah. Yeah. Um, At the same time, you have to think right? Look at what Winter Soldier was, it was a paranoid spy trailer mm-hmm. Look at what Guardians of the Galaxy was Which was a space opera that was Star Wars as better than what Star Wars has done since Yeah uh, Look at Thor Ragnarok, you know, for example. Look at what Black Panther is going to be, or what it's shaping up to be. Yeah, but at the same time, it's not. It's not the kind of same thing. Are we still going to see stuff like Logan come um, out now that Disney has folded everything back? Uh, uh, Feige wants to. Apparently, Bob Iger, who is you know head of Disney, head mm. head of Disney, yeah. uh, says that he's open to everything. Yeah, which is encouraging already. Yeah. That's good. Um, it will. What I think will happen is that. The R rating at Disney will heavily depend on how well Deadpool 2 does. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, those are the ones that are already in the can. Deadpool 2 is in the can. Disney bought it already. Yeah. So if it does not do well, R rating is gone. Gone. If it does well, they're going to keep it. There's a lot at stake, right? Because I really want to see a solid X twenty three movie. And yeah. The fact, like, and I want James Mangold to do it. The same director. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And Daphne Keane is a revelation. She really, really is. Yeah. Also, I love the fact that X twenty three is not a comic book character. She started off as a TV character. Yes. Yeah, in the in a cartoon. Yeah. In a cartoon. And then she's an adaptation from, from on screen back to page, <laughs> back to screen, screen. You know, exactly. but it's not live action. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and the particular moment that I was talking about in Logan is you know like the death scene. Logan dying Yeah. And then like you know, daddy. Uh, oh, Xavier Tree calling. Oh, that, yeah. that brought tears to my. Was it Papa or daddy? Papa. Daddy, right? Papa. Papa. Oh yeah, so oh. She's Mexican. So sad. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> she's Mexican. Because she's Mexican. No yeah, racist. Yeah. No, you know, I mean. That's what Mexicans call that fathers, right? Papa. Yeah, yeah. And, and they also, like, this whole movie is about her trying to cross the border, right? Yeah. <laughs> Essentially. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to Canada, To though. Canada. They were going to Canada, though. Yeah. So that, that's... I guess that's, that makes it okay. <laughs> also, little known fact, Logan is Canadian. 
Yes! Oh my god, people keep thinking like he's in the Civil War, he's in Vietnam, World War II, he must be American. No. He's Canadian no. as fuck. The fucker should be in Alpha Flight. He, he was. He was, yeah. For a while But then he became too popular. He was it's like, like, we need to put you in a more popular team. Yeah. It's like, you know, the guy that really made it big from like Old Town and now he has to join NSYNC. Yeah. Yeah. And, and wow, this is a weird analogy. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> what else? Uh, let's talk about the other kind of like Cultural Zeitgeist movie of the year. Ooh. Logan, as good as it was, right? It wasn't the cultural Zeitgeist, zeitgeist. movie in Geekdom of Did this you say year. Zeitgeist. Zeitgeist. <laughs> like Poltergeist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, what movie? Uh, Wonder Woman. Ah, Wonder Woman. Mm. And uh, the, yeah, the particular scene I wanted to talk about was the No, Man Land, the no, Man Land. no Man's Land no moments. Man's Land. Where uh, Wonder Woman kind of goes out of the foxhole, yeah. defeats the German forces single-handedly, yep. and just like the sense of empowerment. I'm not even, none of us here are women, you know, We're and not. I felt empowered. I was like, yeah, and I can only imagine how it must have been like for a female who has been waiting what 75 years since Wonder Woman has mm. come out. Yeah, all the young see, girls doing this to see a representation like this finally happen on screen, and like the weird from thing, a main protagonist. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah, it's a it's long time cool, coming. Huh? And it was just such a powerful moment. It made me tear up. It's it made me want. Uh, I'm gonna talk about a guy now, but I don't. I don't mean to like undermine the feminism of Wonder worry. Woman. But Wonder Woman was more Superman. Than Superman ever was in this yeah. DCEU. Yeah, true, for sure. The sense of hope and optimism yeah. and all of that, you know. Which you kind of saw. In Justice League. In Justice League. A little, a too little, too late. A little. I, I, I'm glad that he came back, but we already have our Superman, and he, and she's called Wonder Woman. Yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, it's interesting that right now in 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 the the comics as well for DC, mm. Wonder Woman is so much more right than what Superman yeah. is at this moment. Like you're struggling with issues of identity, with rebirth, and all of yeah. that. But Wonder Woman is the God of War. Mm, yeah. Kicking asses and taking names. Exactly. Yeah. Right? And chiding Batman and Superman about uh, leaving their villains. Before recording. Yeah, before the recording. So, I mean, it's, 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 it's been great, right? And I think, like, the entire uh, idea with that, there was that little video of uh, Gal... Gal Gadot? Uh, Gal Gadot. Uh, she was talking to a little girl who was yeah. crying when she met them. Yeah. Oh, that's you know, sweet. And, like, yeah. I mean, all these things have, are so important. But yet, at the same time, in 2017, that idiots who are protesting like all women screenings of mm. Wonder Woman. Yeah. Like, that is not our place. Or like, you know, you know, I mean, not to bring this back to Star Wars again, like, but the alt-right trolls who spam Rotten Tomatoes because uh, there was too much female representation uh, and, and too much like Latino and black oh representation in The Last Jedi. And apparently that's the reason that they hate it. Yeah. I mean, I, as weird as it sounds, right, and as much as I disagree with Star Wars fanboys, so like, that's not my look. That's a more valid reason than this. Yeah. 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 That is. I mean, we can get into the Star Wars thing all again. Mm. Is that, look, Luke Skywalker was such a influential pop culture icon. Yeah. Right? It's been so for 50 years. Yeah. yeah. And like, you know, all that hope and all that uh, legacy I that he had. Yeah. Okay, anyway. <laughs> yeah. You know the legacy that he had. Yeah, fanboys will be butthurt. I, I really understand why because he was just a grumpy old man in the end. But Devastated the, the, the and destroyed. Dis- the disconstruction of a yeah. legend is interesting in exactly. itself. Yeah. So the reaction that the boys had, I'm sure that was what uh, uh, Ryan Johnson would want also. Mm. You to react that way. Yeah. To, to, to see your, your legend destroyed. How sure. Ray reacted was how fanboys were reacting. 
Yeah. Like, I, what the fuck is this? I think at the same time, it, it's so uncalled for. I, I do think that Mark Hamill had a lot more fun playing himself as Luke Skywalker yeah, as opposed to anything else. But I mean, so much time has passed since yeah. Luke has has been around. What, 30 years, right? 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 Yeah. Like, shit, shit happens, you know? No, like, both, in, both in our reality and within the story of Star Wars, yeah. right? Um, who is to say what Luke is supposed to be anymore? Exactly. You know, I don't think he knows that anymore. Correct, yeah. Though he did complain about the the writing that Luke he, he was very adamant that yeah. they change it yeah but, uh, he, 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 but he's Mark Hamill la, Mark Hamill was the first person was like that's not my Luke that's not my Luke hashtag <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, ooh that was a sidetrack right yeah since everything comes back to Star Wars right let's talk about Star Wars Rebels okay so Star Wars Rebels love Star Wars Rebels you haven't watched it yet I have not seen this yeah, yeah. Hitsy uh, hasn't watched it. I really, Isaac I, has. I understand the significance of Darth Maul versus Obi-Wan Kenobi, which is the the scene, the climactic battle that we're yeah. talking about yeah. here. Um, Carry on, guys. Okay, so the prequel's not so great, but there was a character called Darth Maul. And he uh, was very well, quiet. Well, I mean, Darth Maul was one of the best things out of the prequels, yeah. right? He was cool. And... Not much words. And they gave... They did him a lot of justice in Clone Wars. The Clone Wars, the, the, the first animated series post-prequels. Yeah, yeah. post-prequels, yeah. which was great. And it kind of... Well, it didn't... It, it fleshed him out as a character. Gave him a lot more depth. A lot of history. Well, basically right? gave the whole... Yeah. Like, what was missing like, yeah. a lot of history uh, one thing the prequels were significantly improved because of the Clone Wars animated series yes and so mm. significantly uh, improved I mean no no I, I understand I'm just saying that like just you shouldn't have to yeah, depend yeah, on that yeah, I know yeah, that. Yeah. I get it yeah yeah, yeah. so the <laughs> sorry we always have this argument <laughs> yeah. uh, and then so Rebels comes Rebels uh, the Clone Wars series is in between 2 and 3 yes uh, Rebels is in between three, three and four. four. Yeah, right, actually, right, right, up right till before four. Right, right before, before New Hope. I uh, sorry, sorry. Um, Rogue One. Rogue One. Rogue yeah. One. Yes, exactly. Right, uh, which is great. I, yeah. I think like what's important about uh this this scene, right? And one of the best scenes we've seen in the series. Mm. Uh, one of the best fight scenes we've seen in the series mm. is that it builds upon, um, it builds upon. Darth Maul's character development from Clone from Wars from Clone Wars to Rebels into Rebels yeah. right? and that entire arc uh, and his face up with Obi-Wan Kenobi yeah. is uh, so important because for once right closure it's it's closure for both of them exactly it's closure for both of them so they tie it up very very neatly yeah. first of all but um, what I feel is very very important is you actually have a character that is built on the other animated series and had really really nothing to do in this anymore. Yeah, no more. None yeah. of them actually. Both yeah. of them. So I mean yeah. I think that's great and I think the fact that uh the the Star Wars animated series, both of them have been uh, really have been quite a revelation yeah. in terms of what you can do I mean, it outside re- of exactly you know, the, the movies. The, the fan- movie franchise. Yeah. So. so I mean uh, it was so brilliant. So it was just a very simple scene, like two minutes long. Like him confronting Obi Wan, he says some stuff, Obi Wan says some stuff, you know, then they have like a five three second battle where Obi-Wan just totally annihilates the shit out of Darth Maul yeah uh, and as Darth Maul was dying the lines you know is he the one yeah you know asking about Luke you know whether he is the one and Obi-Wan confidently saying he is I was like oh man tears man you know like as your, your, your two of you being the you know your each other's enemies for so long and in that moment, both of them were united in that, that fact that there is a new hope. Mm. Oh, oh. <laughs> there, there are a lot of people who may not take it out of context, that particular yeah. fight scene. 
short, anticlimactic. Some would yeah. say taken out of context. Of course, but you definitely. gotta have context. It's all yeah. about context. And yeah. the context is the fucking legacy of the six movies, the animated series, and all other canon lah around yeah. lah. And the thing about Star Wars, even though they revamped, I mean they they put they pushed all the books out, like all the Timothy Zahn books are now legends, right? Yeah. So no longer yeah. canon. Yeah. But Timothy Zahn is back on board. I mean, uh, his recent novel Tron is now canon, mm. and it ties in very well with uh, Star Wars Rebels. Yeah. Uh, then the other uh, Tarkin also now has a has a novel. Yeah. Yeah. Not to tie into uh, just to give more background to, to gotcha. old movies, lah. Yeah. So they're rebuilding it now. They're being very careful in rebuilding this entire mm. thing. A lot of Star Wars fans were very precious about extended universe. Yeah, the extended. So universe. precious about it, it to is. the to the point where they forgot that like eighty percent of the EU was rubbish. Uh. It was yeah. fan fiction. The, the EU was the Wild West. Yeah, basically, yeah. right? Yeah. These writers just took you, whatever liberties that they wanted. And okay. whatever really? you want to say about Disney is that like they're tra- kind of cherry picking the best of the yeah. EU. Mm. Which they did, it, yeah. I mean, they, they, they were only there were really only two significant characters from the expanded universe. Uh, one was Tron. Right, which now is he is canon. Yeah, and the other one was Marajit, which I am very sad. Which yeah lah, because because she's not she's not yeah, gonna be lah because she's supposed to be Luke's wife lah. Exactly. Yeah, but then whatever it is, Star Wars is awesome. Yes, um, we like the Last Jedi. Some of you don't, and that's cool. That's yeah, cool. That's, yeah. That's totally and we're fine. not liking it because we're being contrarian. Yeah. we have legit reasons why we like the Last Jedi. Yeah, and I'm not saying that it's a flawless movie. Mm-hmm. Okay, like it's not like a <laughs> it's so many things. It's not like a masterpiece or anything yeah, yeah, yeah. lah, but. There, there is an in-between between the best thing ever and the worst thing ever and fanboys whenever they read something it's either the best thing ever or the worst thing ever what about you know the giant chasm Grand Canyon in yeah. between la? something can be okay you know it's, it doesn't have to be like that la. speaking of something that was polarizing and that's yeah. some, something that we liked more than most people was, was Justice League Justice League I, I think like me, me and Hardy went to watch Justice League uh, watched it twice I watched it twice I mean I heard the bad reviews uh, but I had a lot of fun with it. Me too. It was it was quite. It's nowhere near Wonder Woman, lah. It's not. It's not even anywhere near the Last Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> but but it was fun. It was fun. But I also believe right that we were in a DC TV mindset. Yeah. Where this was like this wasn't like Crisis on Infinite Earths or anything, lah. Yeah. And in fact, Crisis on Infinite Earths was far better than this. <laughs> exactly. But it gave me some yeah. some of the team up feels that I want yeah. for its its pacing, structure, editing. Oh my god, acting a uh, myriad of problems, uh, yeah. uh fake mustache and all, and all. Ooh. Uh, for all those problems, right? Every five minutes there was a fist pump moment, like yeah. Yes, that's like, what we we're looking for. Like you know, like you turn around to the person behind you in the cinema, like high five, yeah. Yes. And sometimes that's enough. Yeah. And those, there were enough of those moments here, including post credit sequence. Uh, yes. Deathstroke, Deathstroke, Lex which is fucking cool. To form the Injustice, Injustice gang. gang. Yeah. In fact, his his actual line was, why don't we form a league of our own? Yeah. At which I turned to Hardy and like, are they going to form a girls baseball team? Because <laughs> that's, that's a movie. If you've not watched the 90s Kevin Costner movie, A League of Your Own, please do it. It's, yeah. quite, it's, hard, it's freaking, quite heartwarming. It's one of the coolest sports movies. Yeah, yeah. But like, then we started like fanficking like, oh my god, what if Deathstroke <laughs> and like, dude, they actually started a women's baseball team? <laughs> like he's the manager and GM. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I would watch the hell of that actually. <laughs> But that's why we don't run the DCEU. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And that's why we have a podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to say, like, gonna, not going to diss people, but I think we might do a better job than... Sometimes. Yeah. In some movies. Yeah. 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 Suicide Squad. <coughs> Suicide Squad. My, my, my biggest thing, right, is that coming out from... Oh, if you all didn't catch that, Justice League 
end sequence. That was the we were talking about Justice League's end sequence credit. That's one of our post credit sequence. Yes. Post credit sequence. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one, one of our moments. moments. And um, that was one of those you know uh, what we're talking about the uh, fist pumping high five. High five. <gasps> there was some audible gasps. There you was. Know, that, that kind of stuff quite a few times. Cool. Um, the return of the Superman I've always wanted. Yes. Uh, mm. hope. Hopeful Boy Scout. Oh, and then the u- the use of the John Williams team. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was all very brilliantly done. What yeah. what I want from the DCEU and what is so sad about their upcoming slate is that there is no Man of Steel two coming up. There is no Man of Steel. Up until they have they have planned until like twenty twenty five and there's no Man of Steel two. Come on, guys. Yeah. It's Superman, you know. Yeah. I'm but not. I I'm, think, not I'm not talking about Booster Gold here. Do you here. feel that it's fucking Superman? <laughs> I, you know? I know, but don't you feel that DC has become a little bit. Uh, um, okay. risk adverse when it comes to Superman. Uh, I feel Man of Steel was plenty risky. Yeah, Man of Steel was. No, no, I mean to do another one. Yes. Maybe, yeah. maybe. But then they're planning to do Suicide Squad too, so you know. Yeah, yeah. maybe they're okay. not that. I've, <laughs> I've always been of the opinion that all DCEU needs to do is bring the movies as close as possible to the animated movie universe. Yeah. Right. Oh. That's all they need to do, and that I think that's true. why Justice League felt fun because mm. that was as close as yeah, they ever got yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I said it in a Facebook post that like Justice League to me felt like a Justice League animated, animated movie, movie and I don't mean that as an insult yeah I, I mean like, it's, it's the yeah. best thing coming out of DC yeah. right now I mean remember yeah. like Justice League Dark when they yeah. brought in magic and shit into the thing it worked yeah uh, and, and just Justice League was perfectly fine uh, yeah. a lot of the criticism warranted but the harshness of it was unwarranted unwarranted yeah and uh, I I, we enjoyed it. It was, it was fucking fun. And it was far from a worse movie. Like. And all I want from the DCU right now is for Patty Jenkins to do a Superman movie. Yes, can we get her please? Yeah. Patty, not, Patty, not Jen- us, Patty Jenkins is okay. What would she be doing? Man of Steel 2. Um, she'll be doing Superman for all seasons. Ooh. I, I'm, I'm down with that. Yeah. I'm down with Something that. Something like a timeless classic feel. Superman being Superman. Yeah, All yeah. Star Superman. Or you could do All Star either Superman for all seasons or All Star Superman. I yeah. like the two go tos yeah, yeah, yeah. for classic Superman mm-hmm. that can be recontextualized in modern time. Asian Superman. Uh, nah, for the China market, if they want money. Why not? Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, like n- nothing against Chinese people. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that came out nowhere. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, because they, yeah, there was a yeah, there <laughs> is. They record with no, you, right? I know, I know, I know. No, 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 they haven't record. Oh, they haven't record, right? He's they, still they, Chinese they, Superman, right? They have, they have a trinity okay. now. Yeah. Like, the DC trinity exists in China. There we go. And they have yeah. their own comic book series, which is Better amazing. than what Marvel is doing. Marvel has... For, okay, for a moment, right? Marvel's DC, China superhero is this guy called... Um, it's his powers... It's the will of the people. Yeah, it's the will of the yeah. people. Yeah. So, Marvel yeah. has been doing very well with representing Latinos, Blacks, um, LGBT, mm-hmm. uh, women... Mm-hmm. Uh, the Asian not so much. No, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. Because uh, look at Iron Fist. Uh. Well, uh, it was a product of the sixties. Yeah, I, I know. It was, it was but it could like have kind of it could have been yeah. done so much better. But okay, no mind. Let's so, talk about Iron Fist. Let's let's yeah. let's move on to the next thing. Yeah, yeah. Although I, I would like to say the Immortal Iron I, Iron Fist run. Ren. <laughs> I would love Danny to Ren. watch Danny Ren. Immortal Iron Fist run. Was fucking amazing. If you think Iron Fist is lame, pick up that run. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Fucking amazing. I would That's watch true. Immortal Iran Fist too. Yeah. Immortal Iran Fist? Yeah. <laughs> Don't know oh my god, that. yeah. Of yeah, a Persian why not? from Iran <laughs> yeah. becoming like the new defender yeah. of Kun Lun. Sure. I would watch that. <laughs> why I not? Would, yeah. What's next? Uh, what's next? Okay, let's talk about um, something that is more universally loved. Uh-huh. Uh, something that is less divisive. Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh. Which are uh, not, not a great movie. 
But a good, good movie. movie. It was fun. It was fun. It recaptured the youth and uh, Peter, Parker. Peter Parker, which was missing. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't look like a thirty-year-old with a Maguire. weird New York accent. Midwest. Okay, Tobey Maguire was a thirty-one-year-old man with a Midwestern accent. Midwestern, yes. Passing off as like a sixteen-year-old boy in high school. Yeah. Who's supposed to have an accent from Queens? New right? York is yeah. It does. Cannot. It's fucking weird. Uh. Cannot. Uh, Andrew Garfield slightly better, but way too cool looking to be yeah. Peter Parker. There's no way he's gonna get bullied in school. Yeah. I mean, the fucker like skateboarded onto his graduation, which yeah. is in. That yeah, win really. The coolest thing that exactly. anybody in that school has ever done. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, but like Tom Holland has like the nice mix of like scrawny, geeky, kind of good looking. You can kind of see that he's good looking, but, but he's not so, so good looking yeah. that. So obviously good looking like Andrew, Andrew Garfield. Is, yeah. uh, he has the Queen accent down, he has the kind of like. He has a bit of ADHD kind of vibes. A bit. Uh, which is very modern The nerdy, nerdy geeky guy lah yeah. yeah And the thing about Spider-Man is, That people frequently forget Is he's that a he's, a, he's a kid lah yeah. Which is why the scene with Vulture In the car uh, In the car As he's dropping Liz And him off to the prom Is mm. was very so popular. remarkable to me lah Yeah And also that One of the criticisms for that scene was that Vulture was just With a gun Yeah and Spider-Man is Spider-Man But to me that's, but what, that's what elevated Exactly scene. Because That was how fucking scary he was Right, um, people. Like, are, yeah, yeah. No, here's a here's a man who has played Batman. Exactly. Yeah. And then Birdman. Bird <laughs> another vulture. Another Birdman. Yeah. Right. And and all it really took was for him to be a father. Yeah. To scare the shit out of a boy with superpowers, which I think yeah. is insane. Yeah, which I I it, so I I really like that scene because look, Spider Man supposed to be powerful with all these powers and all that. And he was paralyzed. He couldn't do anything. People, people forget that power level doesn't matter because exactly. it's all about your confidence. Right? Exactly. This is a man talking to a boy. The boy yeah. will be scared. Exactly. Yeah. And it was such a threatening skull on that no, but, Kevin Costner's yeah. face. But uh, Kevin Costner. Hey, hey, uh, sorry, sorry, Michael Keaton. <laughs> sorry, Kevin Costner's wow. waterworld. <laughs> yeah. Same era, like, all of them. Well, no, but, I mean, like... Vastly different power levels. Yeah, yeah, vastly <laughs> different power levels. Yeah. I, I still think, like, Michael Keaton as, as a father mm. in that car was so much more powerful and so much more scary than Vulture ever was. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Throughout the entire movie. Or 99% of most MCU villains. Yeah. Because we've already seen that. We've already seen a villain in a suit destroying things. Sure, right? sure. But, I mean, I, I, I can't help but ask, like, what if they decided to do Vulture differently, right? Like, they how? might, you know. Right, if 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 they like the old geriatric man, not not the old geriatric, not not the, the like usual the, vulture the, What was it like the fountain of youth? Like he sucks the health out of of like young people, right? That's the original vulture. Yeah, most probably. Yeah. No, I I mean like I I just wonder because um while the motivations were clear, mm. yeah, uh, I like that he was a working man. You kind yeah. of get where he's coming from, and all that it was, was really great, Tony Stark's fault. But yeah. you know, I I just wish they could have transferred that menace. Uh, right in the car scene into the actual Vulture character itself. Oh. a lot of it was the prosthetics and the mask and yeah, all that yeah. right because he, he he went from being so scary in that to in like the final fight scene being a caricature right yeah. and of course Vulture has never been like a big like no. part of Spider-Man's rogue gallery or anything he saw the, the like D-list yeah, C-list actually but, but he was one of the originals yeah, yeah, but yeah. he was one of the originals but to me but I just wonder one. if they could have done more with that I, yeah. I, I understand it's, where you're coming it's from it's a bit of a waste of Michael Keaton to me mm. if but his showcase was just that one scene yeah true yeah. but that showcase of that one scene was, was now spectacular, spectacular. Yeah, yeah, it was, spectacular. It for me lah it, it was worthy of that paycheck yeah sorry because Look, Vulture flying around in the suit and all that. I don't. Fe- I don't think that there was any much more that they could have done with that. Like it was a very typical kind of villain, 
right? Sure. He's gonna he he's on a road to vengeance and or no sorry, he was on a road to make as much money as he can. Sure. For his family. Right? For, his, For family. his family. Yeah. Get a clear motivation. Walter White. Yeah. Right? Yeah. A Walter White kind of villain. Yeah. So it wasn't as mad it wasn't scary because you understood that motivation. You're like, okay, I get this guy. Yeah, and that yes. was and yeah. that was very clear cut, right? Yeah. I, I I did like the fact that he was working. I did like the fact that he's trying to provide for yeah. his family, yeah. and all that anxiety stems from yeah. the fact that you have these like superpowered beings like running around, mm. you know, aliens dropping into the yeah, sky. Exactly. Sure, all that great setup. Yeah, great setup. Street level, right? Yeah. But yeah. I just wish they could have done more. Yeah, I, I don't they, have. They, I agree. They could I agree. Have. They I agree have. that they, they could have. have. They definitely could because like I I look at. Some of the greatest actors of our time, and it's I think it's not exaggeration to say that someone like Oscar Isaac is is one of them. Mm. But look at how he was impeded by the apocalypse um, prosthetics. Yeah, like you couldn't see his eyes, you couldn't see his facial expressions, so he couldn't act. Yeah, it's all in the face. And, and then you when can't you see, see the face, him, you know? like you know, uh, what's that? Trip? Well, I I don't know. Maybe it takes a, a very different kind of actor. Fi- any circus is is a more physical. Kind of sure, but again, that's mocap, right? Mm. And mo-cap. that's a completely different thing. And he's made it his own. Yeah. But what about say? Um, Circus was nominated for a Golden Globe, by the way, for yeah. playing Caesar. Yeah. First yeah. ever mocap Oscar okay, no- uh, nomination, right? Because, because yeah. of the technology, yeah. that, okay, you know, we yeah, talk about but that. I mean, like, yeah. it could be that. Uh, let's, I'm, let's talk about um, villains that you couldn't even see the actor in the first place because it's all CGI. A lot, man. Right? And Perfect. it's all about the voice. Um, Lee Pace as Ronan the Accuser. Lee yeah. Pace, fantastic actor. Hot and Catch 5, recent Daisy, mm. as you've seen. Yeah. Um, but a lot of that got lost again. Yeah, uh, right I think, was bit. it David Tennant? Uh, Dark Popo Elf. Uh, oh, yeah, uh, sorry. Uh, Popo Man, not Popo Man. Um, the other Doctor Who. Uh, fuck, I forgot his name. But he was the Dark Elf in Thor. Oh, uh, okay. A bit of a waste as well. Yeah, that was, that was a good was waste. Who was that? It was one of the Doctor Who's. I uh, can't remember who. That is not Jodie Whittaker. <laughs> that much, I'm certain. It's not Peter Capaldi, right? Uh, not Peter Cole. Right. Uh, oh. And then there is, uh, the, the list goes on. Uh, you have you have guys like Mickey Rock who was actually kind of wasted in Iron Man Two too. He's such a great actor. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but you know what you're gonna do? Uh, superhero shows, gonna superhero shows. They yeah. need the prosthetics. Uh, I think eventually they'll get around it. I feel, I feel that Josh Brolin as Thanos showed enough emotion in that trailer. F- but it, I think it really it's, is, it's right? about the voice that carries it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, mm. I agree with the voice. Like, let's just look at uh, James... Earl Jones. No. Uh, McAvoy? James McAvoy. Uh, Vo- Bond? Blunt. Who are we talking about, Isa Fong? Ultron. Oh, Ultron. Oh, James Spader. Right? Another fantastic actor. Kind of wasted. Yeah. Kind of wasted, but at the same time, there was something incredibly menacing about, about his voice. voice. Yeah, just you because it's James Spader. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, and of course. So, I, I wonder if... if does it really take a different kind of actor? Does it, it does. take a different to deliver that kind of menacing line? Yeah. Yeah, with with no clue whatsoever yeah. because it's not like circus where you have your mocap and all of that. Yeah. Right. It's just CGI and a voice, mm. which okay. I think is pretty yeah. good. And and before we move on from um, Spider Man, yeah, uh, what's up? I would just like to mention that there is one other moment in Spider Man Homecoming that almost made it to the list, and this is the first time I didn't think that Spider Man can be shocking because yeah. everybody knows what Spider-Man is right? which one is it but when Peter Parker goes to Liz's house and opens the door ah, and, and oh, the voucher oh, is the father. is the father there's like audible gasps yeah, yeah. in the cinema yeah. I gasped I, <gasps> I did not see that coming on the second viewing you're like oh yeah that makes sense that makes sense yeah, but, but then when the first time the you moment, saw it right, I, was I was like really taken aback I, I remember that moment so well it was, like, it was a very what the fuck moment yes and it was yeah. done very well it and was. it was the most what the fuck moment in MCU this year yeah it was and it came from a Sony movie <laughs> yeah that's Sony slash Yeah, Sony gets all the money la, So I guess it counts as Sony MCU just gets like Come on Sony, just control. just give it in 
Yeah, or Disney will buy you. Yeah, yeah. Eventually, I did, I did just give me this one character. I will buy, <laughs> or we'll your buy your entire company. We will own all the playstations. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think we'll move back to a bit of TV before we, we wrap it up. Yep. Yeah. Uh, did you guys like the Brian Fuller adaptation of American Gods? Yeah, I love it. First of all, I love it because I mean, why it really worked, right? Yeah. Is because they they had Neil Gaiman as a consultant. Yeah, and, and he was and fully on board. He yeah. was fully on board, right? Then. And he he add, he gave them uh, a lot of things that weren't weren't added in the yeah. original books. Um, the expansion of, the, of uh, the dead wife, the dead wife. Yeah, uh, a lot of the female characters were expanded. Upon, Vulcan, uh, Vulcan, right? For example, there was no yeah. Vulcan in the books, and now totally we see Vulcan. Original, original yeah. creation, yeah. Um, we expanded on the Jean sex scene mm. and the, the cab driver. Yeah, and his character, and and, and that that to me was like the one moment of the American Gods that um, just American Gods about the. Uh, that the kind bomb. of like encapsulated what American Gods was la. Mm-hmm. is this like you know America is supposed to be this melting pot of different of cultures, cultures and, and orientations and all of that yeah, yeah. and this Jin finding another lost soul in this um, was he Iranian or Qatari Qatari man who's uh, another lost soul and they found this connection you know in a cab mm-hmm. and they went up to a room and had sex and it could have been exploitative mm-hmm. or it could have been like jarring but it was sweet and it was romantic and it was, just like, it, was, yeah. it was just like two people who found each other. Strange not because it's homosexual. Strange because it was a fucking gin. Yeah, yeah. With a fucking huge penis. It was a pretty huge dog. Oh my, oh my god. That I, penis was CGI. I, I so love no the equal-opportunity nudity mm. yeah. in, in American Gods. I think that's yeah. very, very important. Yeah, yeah. And, um, I or mean, CGI penis. Just, yeah, it's not really that big. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but still, you know. Impressive. Like, yeah, impressive. exactly. Exactly. Um, David Simon made it a point when he was making a new show called The Deuce. It's about a porn industry in the 70s and yeah. how it developed. About being equal opportunity nudity. Yeah. Like, if you want to show a lot of boobs and pussy, you got to show the dick, dick man. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And right. he did, like, you know, the elimination of the double standards there. Yeah. American Gods was part of that also. Also, Brian Fuller's kind of visual flourish that he kind of honed. Um, the, the rich, brutal, but at the same time delicious style of uh, Hannibal mm-hmm. combined with kind of the whimsical, magical surrealism of Pushing Daisies kind of like joined together and came to its apex. To me, this was prime Brian Fuller. Yeah, it was. And which is what makes me so sad that Brian Fuller is not coming back for season 2. And I don't think American Gods can work without him. Yeah, I know. Um, the only other person I can think of is Noah Hawley, but I don't think he's going to do it. Well, okay. It, I, I, however, a bit more optimistic than you. Mm-hmm. Because... I feel as long as New Gaiman is still around, New Gaiman still provides a lot of the the creative input in terms of like where the story can go. Yeah. Because you see, the thing is, the story is already written. Mm-hmm. We know the ending. We know, spoiler alert. Yeah, I'm not going to spoil it, but yeah, we know where it's going to go. Mm. Uh, so the foundation is really there. New Gaiman still staying on as you know contributing to this. Yeah. I feel that if Brian Fuller goes, I feel that. There might be someone that can be, but not it, as good, but close enough. It's it's all about the process, not the destination. To me, in in storytelling, I agree. And and, and to me, like let's say, uh, Neil Gaiman had worked with any other artist on Sandman, it would not be the same, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. And, and to me, Brian Fuller functions as the artist. As the artist, like. like yeah, okay, okay, you I know what I mean. Yeah. Right. So if you change artists, how can it go? You know. But I say give it a chance. I, I will still give it a chance because season 1 has earned my trust uh, but yeah. at the yeah. same time did all, Michael Green who also wrote Logan by the way mm-hmm. good job and Blade Runner 2049 hell, hell of a year yeah. for Michael Green um, so also wrote uh, American Gods showrunner as well yeah. uh, he left Brian Fuller left yeah I mean like it really really doesn't look good yeah. uh, right now 
anyone short of Noah Hawley coming on board doesn't... It's yeah. the only one I trust to do this, right? Yeah, and yeah. even then, right, knowing how contrarian Noah Hawley is, he's probably going to flip it on his head. Yeah. yeah what yeah. Fuller has done. Yeah. You know, but... but I, I would like a, distin- a distinctive art style. Yeah, I, I would love for them to continue what, with what they've already done. I yeah. don't really know. Yeah. I mean, like, just look at Discovery, for example... Mm. Right and how how basically oh with Fuller okay, like okay, leaving? Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Let's. Yeah, this is a very divisive thing because I love Discovery. I hate Discovery. I, okay, okay. <laughs> he hates Discovery. I don't. I, I'm I'm kind of in between. It has its moments. And yeah, sure. Costume is great. Uh, I think set design is fucking set good. Set design is amazing, right? But yeah, it it it, it it's not a track show. It's not. It's not. It's um, a semi track show. My <laughs> there are track elements to the show. My, my it's a track tribute, in a way, yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah it's it's the best Star Trek show since the Orville. Uh, <laughs> wow! My, my wow! My what an my thing with the discovery is that like I think it's a perfectly fine space drama. Yes. Mm. Perfectly fine. It's just that it tagged on the Star Trek name. If it was called Discovery in Space, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. This fine. show is promising. It's dope, okay. but it has none of the sociologi- sociological, anthropological. Okay. Aspects yes, of I understand that. Yeah, I we we remember we argued yeah, about no, this. Yeah, no, no, I know, but we've never yeah. done it on record. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the thing is about this. Yeah. Is that remember we are trying to get fans, new fans, into this world, right? And as much as we love Star Trek, the original Star Trek with the private never, never directors, had fan base, yeah, never yeah. made money, yeah. So this time, you know, so this I felt was a good in between, like what Isa's feeling, right? Sure. It's yeah. In between. Sure. Um. Where you have certain track elements, sure. right? You have the 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 the, the, the staff lead, You have the, uh, the 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 interactions between the crew members and I all that it, bullshit, yeah. 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 But then you need a bit of flabbing and flash. The flash. Okay. Know? Okay. Okay. Where, okay. Yeah. I, I, so, I see where you come yeah. from. And as 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 we progress, because what I noticed about Discovery is as it went on, right? It became more tracky. It became yeah. more tracky. Yeah. I I do yeah. I do have to agree with you with that lah. But uh, I understand when you say that it is nowhere close. To like next generation because or like uh, deep space nine. The, the you know? very first scene was of this person killing the king <laughs> exactly, yeah. and I was like, "What kind of Star Trek show is this?" <laughs> and that was they haven't seen a Klingon one in hundred yeah, years. Where right? like your first act is to murder someone. Like, guys, prime directive, guys, <laughs> prime directive. <laughs> That's the first scene, and I, it just blew my I, mind. Exactly, yeah. and I, it had such a steep hill to climb in terms of winning me back. Also, there slowly was, is la. Yeah, la. There's also that one bad scene where Lorcan, who's a captain, yes. who left behind the guy, and like, it's there's so many moments that are so anti Star Trek, yeah. almost almost flagrantly so. Because I think they that was the, the aim, like they wanted Lorcan to not be your typical Star Trek captain. Sure, yeah. Not your Kirk. Who but else? You you don't have to do some. Okay, Brian Fuller has written Deep Space Nine, and he's he's oh, he's, he's got and Ronald D. Moore as well. Deep yeah. Space Nine. Uh, one of my favorite Star Trek episodes is uh, Ronald D. Moore exploring military torture. Yeah. In Star Trek. Yeah. Uh, Fifteen years before he did it on Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. You can explore the Star Trek yeah. while still being yeah. Star Trek. Yeah. And you don't have to totally disregard the philosophy. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying that I'm I'm I'm, I'm I, quite I mean, sure season two. We'll yeah. have more trackiness about it now yeah. that people are slowly coming on board. Well, it it okay. I think like the final episode, right, was everything that it should have been. Yeah. But it took uh, such a great logical leap from the 
the penultimate episode to that episode. Action. No, I think he needed the action. <laughs> yeah, sure, right? They needed yeah. to elevate it, right? But yeah. they skipped everything else. Mm. Basically, True. the last... True. Everything that happened before the finale mm. didn't make sense anymore. I know. But if that is the start point from which they go, but, I am quite excited. Yeah. But I really understand his frustration. Sure, sure. A lot of people also forget that the first season of TNG was just bullshit. Uh. Um, yeah, yeah there you go. And, and that's probably like the most revered of all the Star Trek shows. It, it is. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I I'm willing to get it to season two. Yeah. Most of my favorite, to be honest, right? Most a of lot of shows. The season two is way better, right? Buffy had one of the worst season ones I've ever seen, yeah. and it's still my favorite show of all time. But that's because they learn. Yeah, they learn. That's the good thing about TV. Shows are allowed to grow, yeah. evolve organically. Not film. Film, you. I mean, your sequels maybe yeah, can. Yeah. Yeah, nice. it's it's like baseball. You hit or miss. Yeah. With film is like, pro- TV. Uh, uh, sorry, with TV is a long, longer art form. Yeah. It's a, more like a novel. Long form, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so how did uh, a talk about a Jin's penis become into Star Trek? Because of Fuller. We, that's how we roll, right? Fuller. Because of Fuller, <laughs> right, right. So for those of you who forgot, our initial point was, you know, Jin sex. Yeah, it was cool. romantic, it was touching, and it was yeah. beautiful. Uh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm going to talk about like uh, a couple of things that I'm invested in, One, but like you both don't watch and then you both can carry on what is it uh, one of the shows that has been a, quite a revelation for me this year is called The Gifted oh. it's uh, set in the X-Men universe yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess now it's owned by Disney yes. uh, but it follows uh, uh, the mutant underground ah, trying, okay. to, trying to survive I've only watched the first episode yeah yeah. but basically what it is to me is that more than any X-Men film mm-hmm. it encompasses the themes of the X-Men comic book more oh. than I've ever seen oh. because in the end what the X-Men movies are are season finales. Yeah. The big battle against Big Bad, mm-hmm. glowing garbage in the sky, mm-hmm. must save the world. Yeah. But what the X-Men is about is about oppression. You know? yeah. It's about the subjugation of, of people and really about discrimination and it's about prejudice and that's yeah. this is what the show is about. Yeah. And it's really never been explored outside of some throwaway dialogue in X-Men movies. Mm. And that's what I really like about The Gifted. La. You get to... Um you get to actually expand on that, la. Yeah, when when the X Men films talk about the human uh, human race has been persecuting the mutants, right? Mm. It's said, but the impact is not really shown. You have yeah. to show the day to day things, like yeah. for example, something small like a mutant being pulled over by the police, you know, ah. which is kind of an allegory for black men being pulled over mm. by the police. Right? It's something small and mundane, but this is the type of thing that happens every day, mm. and it's it adds like real real life weight to it you know? yeah. and that's what the gifted has like. okay. and the X-Men movies don't but the, mo- the moment I have to talk about is something that like I totally brain farted on go ahead I claim to be like this nerd right blah 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 yeah. but there was a blonde yeah. mutant yeah. psychic yeah. came into the mutant underground yeah. manipulated everyone yeah. and said that she had two family members who were captured by the sentinel services Ooh. wanted to release them and for some reason I had no idea that she was the Stafford Cuckoos and then she even said her name was Esme, you know. Wow. Okay, that one I was really like, brain fart. I was like, oh, oh, Esme, nice name. Sounds familiar. <laughs> and then like, and then like the season finale, right? And then she comes oh. out, and then the three, three of her standing in the second. Oh my god, it's the Stafford Cuckoos. What the fuck? But come on, that was a good feeling, right? It was a good feeling. Like, I'm so, I'm so rarely shocked that yeah. I'm, I'm happy to be shocked. Exactly. Once again. Uh. So I like, um, I hope that um, Emma Frost will come back She probably won't no. Much like uh, Polaris Who is Magneto's daughter Is in it So it's mostly about The show also deals With the legacy Of their parents yeah. And how they are Supposed to carry on From that Magneto made all These big decisions uh, <coughs> Emma Frost made All these big decisions Without thinking of the uh, What the next generation the next Will happen uh, they, But they, it's, when they're fighting For survival You gotta do that yeah. so, Supposedly So This It kind of feels to me Like you know what 
you hear about the Mad King and like yeah. Danny and, yeah. and and John's father and all that. Like, it kind of feels like them. Like, this mm. the new generation dealing with what their parents have done. Like. Yeah. Uh, Polaris is very cool. The Sephiroth Goku is amazing. Okay. Yeah. I'm definitely uh, gonna catch the gifted. The gifted. The gifted is dope. Okay. Uh, I hope that it continues. I don't know whether the Disney Overlords will allow it, considering the ratings are so low. Well. Depends. They 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 are continuing agents of Shield regardless of investment in agents of Shield. They have no investment in this. Uh, I mean, they can't pop up world. every single TV show, lah. Like. Yeah, that is true. So yeah, yeah unless they want like X Men three to show up somewhere, yeah. and the new mutants or whatever. Huh. Yeah, no, I, I'm just not gonna happen. But yeah, 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 yeah. I it could. It could. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, something that I don't know whether either of you saw was a movie Colossal. Yeah, the one about the, the uh, Anne Hathaway. Love Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway, amazing. So this is a movie about... Vengeance. Well, initially, it's it's a quirky premise, almost almost like a Charlie Kaufman-esque premise of a girl who's a total millennial loser. She loses a boyfriend, loses a job. She's lazy as fuck. She falls asleep like half the time in the movie. Oh, I like her already. Yeah, um, she's just a slot. Mm. But she has no direction in life and she gets drunk at like 4pm oh. in the afternoon. I but really whenever, like she, her whenever she gets drunk and she passes out, a Korean a, a kaiju pops up in Seoul, North, uh, in Seoul, South Korea and mm-hmm. just destroys shit. But it turns out that like she is psychically linked to the kaiju. So whenever she passes out, she becomes this kaiju. Ah. Uh, and then like her drunkenly walking home and then like you know she's just casually knocking over buildings. But actually like she's like knocking over like you know leaves and shit you know yeah, yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. So it's it's about like how alcoholism makes you monster. But I thought that was the metaphor. Yeah. Maybe through the movie it flips. It becomes a movie about the evils of male entitlement. Yeah. Which is so weird. I'm not going to spoil how it happens, mm-hmm. but it's a very big moment. And when uh, Gloria, who is the name of the main character and halfway, overcomes uh, Jason Sudeikis, who is the boyfriend, the boyfriend slash male entitled asshole. Bitch. Yeah. Uh, him is actually a very empowering moment and maybe the second most female empowering moment besides the Wonder Woman thing. Oh, yeah. But this is a lesser scene in the movie by Nacho Vigalandos, who is. I mean, the budget was quite shoestring. It's an indie film. Yeah. It's an indie film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but if you haven't seen Colossal, I highly recommend it. One of my top 10 movies of the year. Mm. Yeah. It's considered genre. Yeah, it's considered genre. It's definitely. Dude, it's a movie about Kaiju. Yeah. Who is actually linked. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give it to you. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's genre. It is genre. I'm gonna plug like my best top 10 movies coming on popwire.com uh, soon. Uh, so yeah, uh, Colossal's on number 7. Oh, wow. Yeah. Spoiler. Spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, I'm a bit tired of talking right now, but you can talk about My Hero Academia. Ah! Okay, so, uh... I'll I'll, I'll, I'll jump in. I'll jump in too. I I decided, I decided since we're talking genre stuff and all things geekdom, let's, let's just go, um... Or rather, let's just skip the surface of the anime and world and what's going on over there. Yeah, and, and also like the moment that encapsulated it for 2017. Yeah. With context, basically. With, with context, right? Yeah. So, uh, it's been a pretty good year for, uh, for anime in yeah. general. I think, like, uh, was your name this year? Yeah. No, no, your last name was last, last year. That, that was my favorite movie of 2016. Yeah. Love Moonlight, like Hell High Water, La La Land. Your name, man. Your yeah. name is the best. Your name, your name has been one of the best non Ghibli <laughs> animated Japanese yeah. films to and also to, genre and also genre. Yeah. And, uh, it's brilliant, and they they are there have been slew of those kind of kind of uh, They have been coming up and like been doing very very well. Of course, you have your heavy hitters like your Attack on Titan. Yeah. Uh, uh, disappointing season. Disappointing season two, though. Disappointing season two. Yeah, disappointing <laughs> season two uh, and, you know, kind of the viral breakout in One Punch Man. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I guess it's pretty interesting to kind of go back to something that feels very um, stock shonen yes. esque, yes. right? With My Hero Academia. Um, and all the premises are there, all the cliches are there, all the tropes are there. 
Uh, annoying but, protagonist. Yeah, annoying ah, protagonist. Every enemy. Yeah. He's weak and he has like this ridiculously long like um, searching for strength arc and so on and so forth. Yeah. But such great emotional tone and payoff. Yes. Right. So the particular scene that I want to talk about uh, is um, so we're in season two right now. Uh, I highly recommend this. Mm-hmm. Anime. It's easy to watch. It's easy to get in. Get into and actually yeah, get very invested. Invested, yeah. Quick binge, quick yeah. Quick binge. So we're gonna talk about um, Shoto and Deku's fight at the tournament, and yeah. this is uh, the semi-final fight. Semi-final, yeah. Yeah, semi-final fight. Great action. Very good action. Yeah. Uh, brilliant animation. I think um, the studio has been doing really, really good work so far. I think the animation looked a lot better than season one. Yeah, it, it did. More crisp. Up, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, more crisp. I mean, they, the, the studio got an influx of money on how well the after first, the season the, one yeah, ran yeah. Se- the first season It crossed over into the American audience which yes, was uh, a surprise to them. It's a rare thing. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. Um, and it's doing very well in America right now. You yeah. know? Uh, maybe it's because uh, you know, the whole symbolism of All Might and all of that kind of like feeds into yeah. the current. <laughs> the very American maybe, superhero. Maybe. Yeah, right? there's also a lot of Western superhero tropes that are kind of subverted and Mm. I'll end it like yeah. here. I'll end it here, mm. and you know. I'll but it's an easier starting point than let's say Attack on Titan or something. Yeah, like that. for sure, yeah. definitely. Uh, and you know, it's easy enough, and I think like in in a world of uh, superhero movies and superhero shows and all of that, uh, it's something quite fresh. Uh, you it, you have a, your underdog, yeah. You know, wannabe superhero and his struggle and all that. And at the end of the day, it kind of like humanizes uh, his story. And yeah. Brings that a lot closer to home, but through a superhero medium, yeah. which I find that's totally brilliant. And so this brings all the way to the semi semi-final tournament bench. Yes, uh, where and so Deku is this useless piece of shit. Yeah, so most Deku, of the time. Deku, uh, Midoriya, um, is his actual name. Deku is kind of like the his superhero name, His the insulting name that he's been given <laughs> because um, you know he's useless. He's useless. Yeah, right. Uh, meets probably the most gifted. Naturally gifted, yeah. Because eugenics, this is why. <laughs> because of eugenics, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we won't, we won't go into that. Um, and essentially, at the end of the day, they're supposed to fight for some kind of supremacy, yeah. right, in the tournament, just to show off how how powerful they are. Uh, and uh, and this is a repeating theme in trying to be uh, the best hero he can be. He ends up saving a lot of the people that he comes into contact with yeah. along the way, mm-hmm. unintentionally, yeah. which is great. And uh, that just uh, builds very, very good... Uh, oh, man, it makes you so invested exactly. you know, into the story itself. So, so uh, like, I mean, this Shoto fight was interesting because Shoto, he was having daddy issues. La. Yes, yeah. like some major daddy issues, yeah. which I like that the show took the time to yeah. explain and explore. Yeah. Uh, but again, again, with long form anime, you know, you, you got time. You you get there. Yeah, you get, get there eventually. Yeah. So Shoto, his his thing is that he has both his mother's yeah. and father's powers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but he doesn't use his father's powers because he hates his daddy. Yes, yep. exactly. Yeah. Right, yeah. and you know, and obviously, uh, Deku's Deku's um, challenge to him is like, first of all, it's your power. It's your power. Yeah, and you're not. You're not you're giving not, me with respect yeah. because you're only using half your, half power. your power. So like, fuck you. Yeah. I'm going to try and kick the shit out of you even though I'm weak. I'm going to use all of my power. I'm going to use all destroy my, power. my body at the same time. Yeah, and like get ridiculously hurt just so you can realize you know, that you're being an idiot. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Uh, I mean like, 
there's no such thing as a guilty pleasure, but I really love this. Love anime. this fight was so so mm. well done. Yeah, I, I think My Hero Academia might be like one of the easiest things to watch as a non anime fan. Yeah, uh, one of the primary questions that we get as people who watch anime, uh, I think Isa and Hadi are more hardcore than I am, but I watch my fair share of anime. But yeah. one of the major questions we get from casuals is. What can I start on? It's so intimidating. It is. Yeah, uh, it my is. Hero Academia to me is one of the good gateway drugs into anime. Yeah. Uh, alongside you know your Cowboy Bebops and Samurai Champloos and mm. the standard stuff, you know, and that's the reason it's one of the biggest crossover hits for an American audience. Mm. Uh. Not to say an American audience is less sophisticated; they're just less used to it, yeah. yeah, exactly. Correct. I mean, there's the uh, the anime world comes with so much of its own kind of nuance and its own yeah. kind of tropes. That, Correct. Uh, the medium. And the medium and the things created out of that medium feed back into that. So it's a constant cycle of that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not easy. Uh, but that being said, we had a conversation about that. Like, what would you introduce someone who yeah. wants to start anime into? And like, Samurai Champloo or Cowboy Bebop, all that great stuff. Very and easy. and any, anyone who has huh. watched enough anime would say that, that that's some of the best anime out there. But yeah. at the same time, you have something that's so easy, mm-hmm. given... Uh, you know what's been coming out in the movies mm. and what's on TV and all of that. I mean, something like Cowboy Bebop, you've already kind of seen that in like you know the, the space western, Star yeah. Wars, Firefly, yeah. Blade Runner, Blade Runner. Yeah, like, Blade Runner would be probably be the close one of the closest things. Yeah, to actually, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah you're, you're exactly right about yep. that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're gonna wrap this up with like one last point, what? and this is an all-encompassing point what? because this man has done so much this year that we can't put one point on oh, it. Oh no! Yes. This is the the year of Stephen King. Yes, it's, it is. Uh, for good and for bad. Both for TV and film. Uh, let's talk about the good for a moment. Okay. Uh, the year of Stephen King. Obviously, it was a surprise moneymaker. Mm-hmm. Nobody was surprised that it was going to be successful, but yeah. to be this successful, like it totally outshone. Well, it. Yeah, it had a great marketing campaign. Like, it, it went above and beyond Guardians of the Galaxy, Spider-Man Homecoming, yeah. Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. you know, this big tempo superhero shit. Yeah. And uh, this revival of the eight, of the 80s. La. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if the success of Stranger Things hasn't already told you, there's a big fetish for the 80s out right now. Yeah. And it is kind of like Stranger Things. Uh, but it was the biggest success for Stephen King, but not the only success for Stephen no? King. There was a movie called Gerald's Game that came out on Netflix. On Netflix, yeah. Yeah, which was basically just about a woman tied to a bed because she was playing sex games with her husband and her husband died of a heart attack and they were in an isolated area mm. yeah so she has no phone uh, cannot reach the phone uh, cannot call out for help how is she going to do to survive how is she going to get water how is she going to get food how she, how she going to get out of this yeah. and it's it's kind of like those closed door chamber pieces mm. they just plays with the psychology and fear of that yeah uh, this is very tense yep. uh, there's a murder mystery called Mr. Mercedes that's out on the audience network mm. as well um, small TV show well, the audience network is a tiny, tiny network, mm-hmm. and this show was a tiny, tiny part of that network. Yeah. So this is like one of those shows that like. Yeah, most probably nobody will watch. Like most YouTube channels probably get more views than this. Yeah. But it's it's phenomenal up until like the last three or four episodes. Okay. Uh, but it's a good show. Uh, what else? And Stephen King also had the Dark Tower this year. Which yeah. was, I would say, the failure of it. Yeah. Um, I mean, when you have guys like Matthew McConaughey, Idris Elba, kind of like. Like anchoring this film, it's it's puzzling and also because like a book as dense as the Dark Tower cannot be done in like one thousands movie. of pages and shit. Uh, no, not only in one movie, in less than eighty minutes. Yeah, which was puzzling. It's eighty minute running time was already a big red flag. It's like ah, oh, studio interference. They yeah. want this to be short so they can have more screenings. Yeah. So I don't know, man. And that's how you make a bad movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
of all these, like, uh, which Tower is too much fucking potential. Yeah, exactly. I'm yeah. so hyped for it. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Uh, of all of these, like the three good ones, like Gerald game, Gerald's game, um, it's and Mr. Mercedes. What have you seen and what have you not seen? I watched it. Yeah. I watched like ten minutes of Gerald's game. Oh okay. Because of Netflix, what? Yes. Then I stopped there and went and watched something else. Ah, uh, you know, millennials. Yeah. Um, I have I have only watched the first few episodes of Mr. Mercedes, which, which are good. I really like. Which are good. Uh, but now I feel Climax is disappointing I Oh have to okay say, yeah. Never mind I'm gonna watch it anyway Yeah What's that one? Oh um, Dark Tower Yeah uh, uh, No <laughs> We had the same uh, Yeah <laughs> no, I, I, See what concer- What disconcerts me Is that It was so bad I don't think They can salvage That Oh For no, a good no. few years No nope. Right no, no. And it's such a waste Of <laughs> Yes Yeah and uh, Waste of such good material One of the greatest Stephen King books Yes, yes. Exactly um, as much as I enjoy Mr. Mercedes uh, and It and Gerald's Game, those were kind of just... They didn't have the impact that Dark Tower did mm. in book form. Yeah, in, correct. In, in the world of uh, li- literature, you know. Mm-hmm. Dark Tower was kind of like his, his opus, his tome, you know. Uh, and it was... It's so weird like, that to see it so wasted. Of all the movies, right? Dark Tower would be the failure. Yeah, yeah. Because like you would think yeah, it... I mean, it would be successful, but it's a rehash of kind of a corny 80s miniseries. Yeah. That people only remember for Tim Curry. Yeah. But what it did so well was that like it brought the R rating into it. Yeah. I mean it did have the whole like kids on bikes element of it, but at mm. the same time the first scene had like a small child getting his arm bitten off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, they already established whoa. Yep, this is where we're going. Yeah, and there's the uh, it combines a bunch of movies as well, the coming of age nature of it. Yeah. Uh it felt like John Hughes sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the dynamic between the kids was outstanding. Yes. Yeah. Uh what worries me about it too is that the kids will not be around. And yeah, you, you and whether adults, or not, you yeah. can recapture the dynamic, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the big worry. But I mean, names like Jessica Chastain involved, I'm sure it'll be fun. Uh, kind of just like you know, the sexual awakening and stuff like that. Agreed. It's a bit like kind of touchy issues, but important coming of age issues, you know, especially yeah. for kids going through puberty. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I liked it. I liked it. Yeah, I liked it too. Um, I mean, I think it was a lot more visually. Stunning than what I remember the original to be. Oh, oh definitely. Was just like a cheap TV. Yeah, it was yeah. damn cheap. And, and yeah. I, I'm not sure because it's all about the nostalgia of the original movie, right? Like yeah. we remember kind of where that. But was because from. we were very did, young. Yeah, but did, did this extra visual flair add to it? I did. I think it did. I think it did as well. Yeah. 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 Okay. rewatching the Team Curry one, it did not itch that well. Yeah. Uh, I feel. Me. I feel like the the soundtrack was really good as well. Oh really yes, yeah, you're, really you're right. You're right. Yeah. Uh, okay, so to end this podcast, we're going to look forward to 2018. Yes, we are. Um, each of you pick out one thing from genre that you're looking forward to, and I'm taking something off the table. What? No Infinity War. Okay. Oh. We're all looking forward to Infinity War. I okay. mean, it's kind of a duh. Duh? Know? So, like, pick something okay. you most anticipated of 2018. Uh, I surface. I'm going to say Black Panther. Mother... That was my choice. Yeah. We'll definitely be doing a review for that here. Black Panther is such an important movie. Yeah. In an actual context. I yeah. think, for me, that's kind of the thing. Like, I, trailer's hype. I love it. Uh, very, very excited. I mean, but it is how culturally important this movie is going to be. Whether or not it bombs or not, it is still... The very important. fact that it's being released, and, or the very fact that it's being made, mm. is so culturally important. There's going to be a bunch of alt-right shows that are going to try to bomb it on our TV. That's the same way that yeah. Yeah. But yeah. at the same time, I don't think it's going to bomb. 
nothing on Disney ever bombs. Exactly. Yeah. Right. They're going to try their hardest to do it. Yeah. And it's going to be, I mean, just the release itself is going to be a triumph. Yeah. Kind of the, I mean, like, I, I see some videos online on Facebook of uh, kind of just like black friends walking past the cinema and they see the poster just full of black men and women. And they're like, is this what representation feels like? Is that yeah. is this what white people feel like all the time? It feels <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was videos of I mean YouTube reactions to the trailers. Yeah. Of black people reacting to these trailers, mm. and it was fucking amazing to watch. The YouTube reaction of the Black Panther cast themselves watching the trailer for the first time, and they were just high fiving and they were yeah. so excited. It's like yeah. I'm crying this, and shit. This has happened for us in a mainstream yeah, superhero brilliant. movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what about you? He took Black Panther off the table, My and name? I took Infinity War because Infinity War is the yeah, it's the right. Yeah. Uh, what else do we? Have? There's, there's lots coming out. There's Hansel. Oh, there's Deadpool 2! Yeah, Deadpool 2. Yeah, uh, how I'm confident are you now that the original Deadpool director is left? Still confident lah. I mean, Ryan Reynolds still around. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds was the real voice of it, yeah, right? Exactly. I feel. Yeah. yeah, and the fact that they got the John Wick guys who can do the action. Which is fine. Yeah. Which is brilliant. I, I thought like the Bob Ross trailer was really funny. It was. Uh, very irreverent. Like, yeah. It very was Deadpool lah. Even the Deadpool tweets uh, to the Disney Fox merger was really funny too. It was. So hopefully they get to make jokes about that as well. Hopefully. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Deadpool 2 is something I'm looking forward to because Cable is going to be around. Sweet. Yes, and yeah. Cable is being played by George by Spoon, Dinos. who yeah. is now both an employee of Fox and Disney. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's also going to be in Sicario 2 next year. So. Ooh, that's going to be uh, interesting. Yeah, not, exactly, not exactly genre, but if you haven't seen Sicario, go watch Sicario. Uh, Danny Villeneuve, man. Oh, Ooh, I am. Yeah. Cannot die. Uh, yeah. Speaking of which, yeah. Villeneuve. Yeah. Is, is Dune coming out this year? Dune uh, this year. Not, uh, not this year. year. Yeah. Dang! But oh, he's doing Dune. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, man. That should yes. be fun. Like, uh, if there's a auteur that I trust to do Dune, right? Mm. It will be here. Also, this this might be the right time to do Dune. Yeah. This will be his next three-hour masterpiece that will make maybe like twelve dollars at the cinema. Yeah. Like uh, he, Beer Run Twenty Forty Nine was amazing, but it made no money. Uh, which is so sad. Yeah. Uh, but but mostly because it was too long. Uh, really, Scott even said that. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I didn't think it was too long. I thought it was appropriate. Uh, you kind of like on my second viewing because I fell asleep on my first. Yeah. <laughs> yes. uh, yeah. He did. He did. I sat. I sat for forty five minutes. Yep. Uh, on my second viewing, I think the movie is a great uh, sequel. Yeah. To to Blade Runner. It carries on the legacy. Carries on the legacy. Was very well. Its own identity. Yeah. Mm. I mean, and Ryan Gosling. Oh man, I'm in love with that man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my most anticipated for 2018 What is it? Is uh, the f- Well, the theme of this podcast has been Tonal elasticity yes. And um, the New Mutants is something I'm very interested oh, in Oh, yeah, uh, forgot about that It's the first ever superhero horror Horror, movie. yeah And it's not going to be like There's going to be horror elements It's a horror movie, straight yeah. up If you look at the trailer It's cut like a horror movie yep. uh, The director has Flat out said that this is more like the Exorcist than it is the X Men. Brilliant. Uh, Just now the ghost got powers. Yeah. Uh, I mean, whoever is torturing them has powers. Exactly, exactly. And I, I feel like this was kind of a dismantle house, uh, psychological tension, uh, powers running awry. It's kind of like touched upon slightly in Legion in a more whimsical way. Yeah. But at the same time, it can be scary as well. But this just full on horror vibes. I'm intrigued by the cast. Mm-hmm. You have um, that guy from Stranger Things who nobody knows the name of. Uh, you have Anya Taylor-Joy. You got Arya Stark. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, Maisie Williams. <laughs> uh, when you talk about Game of Thrones people, you just... Yeah, we call them by the character names most of the time. Yeah, yeah so... Uh, we... Well, now, now both the sisters are mutants. Yeah, yeah. so like um, Sansa and Arya can reunite. Yeah, one is Jean Grey and one is... Uh... And crack Game of Thrones jokes. Yeah. <sighs> maybe they can kill the Tuffy Although with that being said, right, it's Phoenix... 
confirmed. Yes. Yeah, yeah. dude. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, even in, it's in the it's can. It's in the can. Right, right, it's right, done. Right, okay. They they released the set photos and all that for EW. Looks interesting. It looks interesting. Simon Kimberg's first uh, directorial debut. Um, oh. So that, that scares me. Simon okay. Kimberg has produced all the X-Men films. Yeah. Uh, but this is but a bit of an unknown. A bit of an unknown when it comes to uh, the actual technical being a director, holding the camera, framing, lighting. You're not really holding the camera. But I know what you mean. <laughs> I know what you mean. Like, that's the DP. Like, yeah. Yeah. But like, so it's <laughs> like overall visionary of it. Yeah. And more of the minutiae such as like uh, evoking emotion from the actors, you know, trying to get them in. But, well, let's give him a chance. Yeah, we'll give him a chance. Yeah. But for your first... I mean, think of all the people that helped blockbusters, right? Yeah. Even the indie directors, at least they had a couple of small indie hits behind them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. kind of like, like Taki, the, uh, like with, yeah, like, yeah. You know. And I'm just afraid that like it's gonna be good because he knows comic books, yeah. but it's gonna be good in the CW way. Ah. Like, do you know what I mean? Oh. Where like he's gonna yeah, 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 he's yeah. gonna get the moments right. It's not the big screen kind of thing, lah. But then like, what about you know it looking like a movie, lah? Will it look the like cinematography? The, the yeah. whole okay, I get it, I get yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, David Ayer is a famous example of a good director that has no idea how to use money. Yeah. Because yeah. Suicide Squad looked like a cheap movie, Bright looked like a cheap movie, and he was yeah. getting like a hundred million dollars for it. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Bright, Bright, right? <laughs> it is genre. So it I is mean, genre. Like, I guess yeah, we can let's, mention. Let's it. talk about Bright because just, I know you just, didn't like it. Just recently came out. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I was actually I thought it was an okay movie. I didn't say I didn't like it. I thought it was fine. It was. I I I, I just felt that the potential of Bright was not realized. It wasn't realized. Should I love. The yes, it should have been a TV series. It yes. should have been a TV series. It felt like a pilot, didn't it? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and I did like the world building though. I, yeah, I, think I did. They did a pretty good job for as nerds and as geeks. This is like our our thing, man. We love, it, yeah. we love we love yeah. things which build brilliant, uh, complex worlds. But I'm gonna I'm I'm just gonna say that if you want to do kind of like this all fantasy history thing, yeah, yeah, uh, that's going on, then like Hollywood needs to take a hint from what anime has been doing for years and years and years. Yes. Right? True. Because they do it and they do it very, very well. The storyboards are already there. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I think like if they kind of want to continue to do that, I mean, I, 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 I do hope mm-hmm. that Bright or at least something like Bright in a, in a long form version comes out because I would, I would really enjoy that. Same. Yeah. yeah. Lord of the Rings Bad Boys like, we, yeah. Lord yeah. Bad Boys. <laughs> we got it We got it We got <laughs> it For those of you who don't know There's been this running joke Between myself and Hardy About how we try to insert Bad Boys Into every Every franchise. movie So somebody actually Finally did Lord of the Rings Bad Boys Yeah, yeah. So I, I kind of so wasn't It wasn't as good As we thought it would be uh, But there was potential there Potential um, I feel like some of the backlash To Bright was a bit unwarranted like Similar to um, Similar to the Justice League backlash, ah, okay. where oh my god, this movie is terrible, it's garbage. It's perfect. Like, it had its merits, but it also had its demerits. Yeah, that's yeah. okay. I think a lot of it boiled down to the backlash over its writer Max Landis and mm. its yeah. recent like sexual, sexual misconduct misconduct allegations. So you know that's been going around. Yep. Um, I'm, it's hard to say this, but I'm a fan of Max Landis. I, I enjoyed Chronicle quite a lot. Mm. Uh, I enjoyed his run on Superman um, Illegal Alien, um, yep. American Alien. I'm sorry. Uh, he's a big Talking Smack fan, you know. If you listen to our other podcasts, you know. Uh, he's a big wrestling guy. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. shows up for like PW shows, PWG shows and shit. So I mean, it's tough to talk about people that I admire in this in this light, lah. Yeah. It's it getting more and more difficult every month, la, When more allegations come through, yeah. Becomes like less and less people that we actually like now. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they're douchebags. I mean, I'm still glad I got Joss Whedon. Yeah. And Joss Whedon, for those of you who don't know, he just had an affair. There was no sexual misconduct. At least it was consensual. Yeah. But it's so sad. Like, there is the bar now, you know? Yeah, yeah. There is so sad that, like, it's like, hey, it was consensual, so it's okay. You know? Yeah. But the bar has been set solo for men. Yeah. 
Because oh. we've been assholes. Oh well, yeah. yeah. Um, I think we'll be coming back on February first. Yeah. Uh, we'll be talking about a bunch of stuff. We'll be looking forward to Black Panther. We'll yeah, Black probably Panther. be talking about Black Mirror. Black Mirror. Yes. It'll be yeah. back by then. Yes. Yeah. All the blacks. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, apparently Black Mirror All six episodes Are led by female protagonists This Good. year Oh really And uh, it was a happy accident We never actually planned Oh wow it. I thought it, it was only Every episode 4 That was going to be that Oh but maybe They broke it with the first season Wow okay, okay, all cool, cool. All That's of them brilliant in- Interesting right And yeah. um, we'll probably Reignite the Star Trek debate Because there's a Star Trek episode In uh, Black Mirror as well Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That'll be interesting okay. That'll be interesting Alright um, So next month I'm Hitzer I'm Hadi I'm Isa Catch you then Bye